Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo eSports podcast. This is episode 43 for the week of October 23rd, 2018. My name is Josh. I didn't miss up. I didn't mess up. I just messed up. I didn't mess up this week's intro. JK Fire joined alongside, as always, by Will, aka I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you today? Gosh, I'm great after that intro. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for that. That was oh, that was awesome. You feel like you're coming out of the wrestling rink right now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh what pile drive someone? Yeah, I, fuck yeah, dude! They, I haven't watched wrestling in like ten years. It's been forever. You gotta move, right? There I haven't watched it in a long ass fucking time either. But you know, it just sounded like an announcer with like the, yeah. the mic coming down. <laughs> and in the next corner. It, <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Um, yeah, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. Doing got, well. Got through the work day. It's Monday. It's Monday. We're we're here to talk some Halo esports. It's exciting. So you know what I was thinking? So I kind of want to do it for the next episode. I mean, I don't want copyright strikes or anything like that. It's just like a thing that like ran in my head. But with the news that we're going to briefly talk about, in this episode, that's going to be our main topic for the next show. I kind of wanted the show opening instead of our normal intro music to be like, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. yep. Oh my God. It's, oh, it's not going to be fun to talk about. Stay tuned for later in the episode for next week's topic, which will be heavily discussed. Yes. We received some news this week. The hotly anticipated news that we've been waiting for for months on end. It's not the news we wanted. It is not at all. But it's the news we got. It is. <laughs> We're just going to have to deal with it. The show must go on. It must. And it will. But will. Before we get into all that, all those fun shenanigans, what do we, uh, what do we usually start the show off with? Roster Mania! We always start with some Roster Mania. So here we go. Coming out of the Latam region, region, I'm already messing up. This is going to be great. We have Team CL, comma, 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 comma. That's where we're going. Um, this includes ASM Zaron, Dulatat, Bullet, and Tapping Buttons. Next, we have Team... Some gibberish noble. I don't know <laughs> what. Some gibberish. It's like Jan's Metis Ocopo Noble. Close enough. We'll take it. There we go. Um, this includes Atso, Drift, Magico, and Noble. Next, we have Team Tiki Tiki with Mirax, Skyline, Styler, and Undone with two E's. Next, we have No Scope, which is. I'm going to go with Artie. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, we have Ram Z H5, Sexy God, and Toxic L1. Next, we have Team Karamos PPS, which uh, includes A Absolute, Burst Jr., in disguises, K. I think it's insidious insidious we know indiz indizious indizious sure indizious i added a g in there indizious k two sugar daddy 
It's a reason why it's your segment, not that's mine. <laughs> Fuck if I know what these names are. And that's it. Um, <laughs> for team Hey Day times three, we have A79. Defid Hens. And this is Randy. Next, we have HCS LA, which includes Carp MVP, Fate Lug GB, PMAC 1B, and Turno V9. These fucking names are like, I think they're the, out the there, most but... out there we've had in this show's history, I, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Next, we have Team SHFFL, which includes Diox. I think the three is a backwards E, and it's supposed to be Diox. We have v- Venator SIF SIF. We have Javier A2000. And Emerald HCG. And Emerald HCG. <laughs> Apparently, you don't exist in my mind because I skipped right over you. I'm sorry. Is um, it is it D-Box? Like, are both those combined to make oh. a B? It could be D box because the one and the three do look like, you know, like the B that's not connected. Yeah. And my question is, is the team name Shuffle? Shuffle? It's all capital. So it makes me think it's supposed to be S-H-F-F-L, but it looks, yeah. Shuffle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with yours. But but it doesn't have the, it's like, it's like a um, license plate where you don't include the vowels. It could be Shuffle. Probably cost too much for him. Maybe. <laughs> Don't you have to pay for like customized license plates? Yeah, but you still get you get seven characters no matter what. Oh, okay. So a lot of people will shorten words by removing the vowels because you yeah. can still sound them out. And I just smacked the mic with my pen. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bad mic. Moving on to the Australian New Zealand region, we have OE six four seven two seven two looking for an org team for HCS Atlanta. So. Will, what I meant this, to do, you, you a, know. It's not a full team name. So the team name is yeah. OE647272. They are looking for an org for HDS Atlanta. I just I just yeah. like to read it as one because it sounded funnier. You got it. Anyway, this includes Barcode AK, Berserk, Madzy, and Slays. I know those guys. Not personally, but I recognize <laughs> <laughs> I knew those names. That came off smooth. Oh, I know those guys. <laughs> Next, we have James Live 2008 Fan Club, which includes Flex Reigns, Haza IR, Pips, and Young Wilcox 69. Next, we have Osprey, uh, which includes Dynamic Yo, Enigma, Jim, and Wheezy. We have Team Learning Stuff, which includes Commando Ruin, Fraser, Inferno, and Synergy. Moving on to the EU, we have team EU Halo players, LMFAO. This includes Kimbo, Respectful, Moes, and Snipe Drone. Next, we have team Hong Kong, which is BH3 Kronos, Sheet Lead H4, Zumas, and Precisionite. Next, we have team Skitlight, which is Beatly, Blanche, Crossman, and Morga. And we have, finally... From the EU region, Tyrant, Second 2K, which includes Galaxy 330, Shadow XX, Scorpio MLG, and V-Dukes 2. Moving on to North America. Here we go. This is a clusterfuck. So here we go. We'll start off with Accelerate Gaming. 
This includes Boobadoo, Demon D, Arctic, and Falcated. Here we go. All the reported changes from Maddie Rums found on Reddit. So 10-1. Ace dropped by Accelerate Vertolic. On 10-13, L-Town dropped by Elevate for Ace. On 10-18, Falcated dropped by Elevate for L-Town. 10-19, Tolic dropped by Accelerate for Falcated. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just like they're giving these guys the runaround. I knew it. I knew Tolic. I, I knew it. Oh my god. It was when it was when it was immediately announced that Tolic. Ace gets dropped for Tolic. I'm like, what the fuck were you guys thinking? Like, are you serious right now? Oh, give it a week. He'll be dropped again. It's fine. This is this is crazy. I can't I can't fucking believe it. L Town gets dropped for Ace. Oh wait, we want L Town back. See you later, Falcated. <laughs> so moving on to Elevate here, we have Ace, L Town, Sabinator, and Spartan. If you're not following all these changes, and then on Mentality we have Envoy to Zero, Super CC evades, and this is where Talik ends up landing. Landing is with Mentality. Exactly. And that's uh. That's going to do it for Roster Mania this week. Not so fast, Will. Josh has some breaking news as we are recording. Will. Yes. Musa has officially left Trifecta. Leaving up a spot on the roster. Because at this current time, we don't know who is filling that spot. The tweet, and I quote, from Musa. Left the Trifecta squad, one of the best teams I've ever been on, but just had a falling out. With that said, free agent for DreamHack Atlanta and Call of Duty World League Vegas. Will, which means this leads us into COD and other games. Watch. Here we are. How was that for a fucking segue? That was great. Wasn't it? That was perfect. Oh, man. That felt great. That felt really good. I haven't had one of those in a while. So there we go. Musa is officially going to be competing in COD. He basically just said that with that tweet. Yep. So good luck to him on whatever whatever roster he joins up on. But Will. Yes. Here's the big one. So we talked about three out of the four members of the current Renegades roster thinking about making the switch to COD. Those being Penguin, APG, and... And... Holy shit, why am I blanking out on him so... Mickwin, Jesus Christ, it took me so long to get I there. Was like, I was like, who? whose name ends in an N? Like, it's it's N something, and I just couldn't get there, and then thank you. Thank yes, you. no problem. I was in the same boat you were. So, Penguin, APG, Mickwin. Okay, Mickwin's still on the fence, but it looks like Penguin and APG are fully gonna be going over there eventually. So, that left out one member. That one member being Neptune. Well, guess what, Will? Neptune's on the Twitters, and he's uh, he's stating, them, stating some things. So, these are a bunch of tweets that came out, and I'll just, I'll, and I quote, here, here's just a string of tweets from Neptune. Getting a PS4 tomorrow. Eyes emoji. PlayStation is a bougie Xbox. PS4 Black Ops. Face with hearts as eyes. Someone hit me up. I'm trying to play in some tournaments. And finally... I'm getting nasty at Black Ops 4. So he's clearly going to be making the switch too then. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Um, and then I, I just put in here that this would then make all four members of the current Renegades roster looking to make the switch to COD. Do you think they'll stick together moving over? I don't see why not. I mean, if they already have the teamwork there for Halo. Yeah. Splice is doing it. Fuck it. Why not? 
I would like to see some of these teams stick together and it'd be the easiest transition. It would realistically because be. you're going in then competing with people you already know. Um, it would just, I think it would make teamwork a lot easier. Um, it makes the dream work. It does. It does. Um, something we haven't talked about yet because we always thought these teams would compete in Halo and COD side by side. Oh. <laughs> now these teams are moving over and from what we know, they're just going to be competing in COD. Right. Until something comes down the pipeline later. Right. Do you see these teams without having to be in both leagues at the same time being competitive in Call of Duty? Splice, yes. Splice, you think they can do it? Yeah. So for those who are listening to this episode and didn't know... Uh, because if you're not in the Discord, why the fuck are you not in the Discord? Every person I'm calling out right now, if you're not in the Discord, we have great community discussion. You should join it. It's free, and I love you, so do it. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, the for those who don't know, our clutch interview is going to be later on, right? That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, the clutch interview will be later on in this episode. So we ask him this question. Without knowing what we currently know in regards to the future of Halo Esports. Until Infinite comes out. We didn't know this at the time. The article didn't come out. The article came out. We'll talk about it in just a little bit. But, like you said, Will. Now that they don't need to focus on Halo. Do they stand a chance? I think Splice absolutely does. I was watching Shotzi last night play um, in a Black Ops 4 tournament. It was him and... It was him and Eco were on the same team in that tournament. It was S and D as usual, um, because that's all competitive COD is, which is fine. Uh, but he like they're taking it's exactly what we basically talked about before. They're taking that movement that they've done so well on, so well with in Halo Five and just making that transition. They're zip zap zoobity bopping around the fucking map. It just they're doing really well. It's good. We'll have to see what comes of it. We will. I mean, Shotzi, like like they said, like Splice said, Shotzi cannot compete in COD. Until he's 18. Correct. Which will be in 2019. So he will make that transition to the Splice COD roster. Yep. I wonder eventually. how late it is in 20. Tw- like how. We should look it does up. Does he have a January birthday or something? Like, because, I mean, if you're waiting until July. Yeah. Like the next COD's coming out in November, October, Very November. True. Mm-hmm. Is it like, what's going to happen there with him? Here's my question for you. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. Sure. If you're able, you don't have to. If you're able, can you bring up his Twitter right now and see if he has his birthday in his profile? He very well might. Like, I'm not going to make you scrounge through Facebook to try to find Shotzi, but like his Twitter is easily acceptable and he might very well have his birthday listed in his profile. In which case, if he does, then we should be fucking golden to figure that out. Because what we have, we have Call of Duty World League Vegas in December, which is the very first event. So if it's early enough on in the World League season, and he's practicing, because that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, his birthday, like people may look at this only as, oh my God, is he gonna not be able to compete at a high level if he's not able to actually play in these tournaments until he hits eighteen? But realistically, what people probably aren't realizing is that he's not gonna stop playing this fucking game until like. Up to that point, he's going to be grinding the whole time. So he's going he's gonna to be he's going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine and dandy, and he's already playing fucking lights out. 
I expect big things out of him. Will, did you find anything? It just says that he joined in November of 2014. It doesn't have a birthday listed. Okay. And we're going to say no. So we don't know. Not a big deal. Will, is there anything else you want to talk about? The COD and other games. Watch. Nah. Then it's time for Will's Adventures Within the Halo-verse. Did you write down Roster Mania on your list? No, but I'm okay. okay. All right. I'll find the timestamp later. I was going to call you out on it, and I'm like, I wonder if he's fucking that ballsy to be like, I fucking got this. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> you do. Just, You're a master. I have a tell where I know where that, that snippet goes. Yeah, so I'll you're be a fine. master producer, dude. Anyway. Will, what have you been playing? Not Halo. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel a little bad, but I didn't jump back into any more Halo this week. It's okay. We've um, been playing otherwise. Black Ops 4. What? Just like everybody else What's in the that world. game? Uh, it's a new Call of Duty game. Oh, World War II? No, 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 no. Oh, Infinite Warfare. Kind of, but not as much crazy movement. All right, well. <laughs> um, you know, I've been I've been going big on the blackout mode, the battle royale. Yeah. Um, been trying to implement and learn new strategies and um, just keep up with the game. There's people that have been playing way more than I have, and it's crazy to see how much like the skill has improved from playing day one to now. That's good. That means the ceiling's high. Well, could be. Could be. I think there's... So when you talk about the Battle Royales, like with PUBG now, I think with this game, because of how many different aspects there are, I think the skill gap's lower, to be honest. Okay. Um, I mean, really, all you need at the end of the game is um, some concussion grenades, uh, like a sensor dart, and the right perks equipped. And you can pretty much just spot everyone out and mow them down. Um, it comes down Sad to... Sad day. Yeah. Um, I wish they would have relied more on that gunplay. But if you have the right equipment, I guess if you find the right equipment, that can win you a game too. So, um, But it is fun. I enjoy it. I'm constantly looking to get better myself. Good. I keep playing. Um, with the news that we received, kind of like disheartened me from Halo a little bit because that's what got me into halo was the competitive scene so to see it kind of subsiding so it's still there it's just going to be minute sure in an official capacity right in an unofficial capacity it'll be fine exactly and that's what we cover a lot of anyway so it's not a big deal but it is disheartening what about you what have you been playing you haven't played anything else except black ops correct holy fucking shit well guess what i played black ops 4 as well and uh, I'm going to quickly hit on it because I already gave you the whole spiel. I also played Blackout. I played one match. It was a solo. I got fourth with six kills. And I played like a bitch the whole time. My heart was racing the whole time. Will I play solos again? No. Will I play squads? Yeah, maybe. It was fun. I, I, I had fun. Damn it, I had fun. That's what matters. Oh, it's fucking nerve-wracking as all hell, though. I tell you what. Holy shit. I, uh, when I get, like, top 10, top, f- even top, f- like, 15-ish in a, in a solo game, my heart gets going. Yeah, it was and, crazy. And, like, it was the same way in PUBG until I got, uh, like, a couple solo wins, and then you're like, oh, okay, here we, we're just It was here. just another day in the office. Yeah. It's, 
Well, it's just like, I'm sure you got, you got to get the same feeling with Halo when you first pick it up that first day. You start like playing those first matches. Your heart gets racing a little bit. Yeah. Yep. You get, you like, ah, oh. I get that feeling now. Like I still get it when I play Halo, uh, but it's like when I'm going up against like a really good team. Yeah. Like I got to really prove myself. Yeah. That's that, what it, that's, that's what just it. Feels it. Like, like every game feels like you have to prove yourself. Yep. I think that's what makes it so enticing. Hell yeah. Makes it competitive. Um, other than that, I played, so Overwatch has, uh, their seasonal mode for Halloween going on right now, sure. like Junkenstein's Revenge, just like a horde based type deal. Gotcha. Um, pretty short though, which is nice. You're just able to get in, get out. And, uh, I played one round of that to get my free loot box. Overwatch is still as good as always. Um, and last but not least, I played more Forza Horizon 4. Just grinding out some events. That's really all I'm doing there. No Assassin's Creed Origins this week. Um, we have Red Dead at the end of this week. So we probably won't be getting it. Really? No, not no. right away. So you're going to wait for the PC release. Maybe. The inevitable two or three year down the line PC release. <laughs> Maybe. It'll I don't come. know. Um, I didn't play the first one. Really? And Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I was okay. never I was never enticed to. It's backwards compatible on the one. Not on the PlayStation, but it is on the one. Sure. Maybe I'll jump into it. I don't know. I've just never been... I'll loan it to you if you're interested. I have it. And the Undead Nightmare expansion was actually pretty fucking cool. If I find a lull in games to play, I'll let you know. Yeah, if you want a single-player game to play, just let me know. I'll pitch over the disc to you. Sure. It's a great game. I don't like the horse riding in it. I think the horse riding's fucking trash in the first Red Dead Redemption. What makes it so bad? Oh, it's just fucking... You have to... Uh, it's not, I'm going to get shit for this, I feel. I feel like I'm going to get shit for this statement. It's not very intuitive. It just doesn't feel good. And like, when you're driving in Grand Theft Auto, or whatever, like that feels, it feels a lot better than fucking horse riding in Red Dead Redemption. Is it? The cars in Grand Theft Auto 4 felt better to drive than horses feel, be- the horses feel to ride in Red Dead Redemption. And that's saying a lot. So what about the riding makes it feel that way though? Like it's just too it- boaty, I guess you could say too boat like. And then also the worst part is the fucking stamina. There's stamina. So it's not like infinite sprint with No, not at all. You have to fucking pay attention to stamina. That would bug me. Yeah, it's fucking annoying. Like it's such a minor thing, but you do so much of it in that fucking game, it's just ugh. I feel like they should have left it where you can just go and yeah. not have to worry about that. And, and I get it. They're trying to probably keep it realistic. That's my, that's what I think my problem with Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be. Is it like going real, more in that realm? Too realistic? Yeah. Looks really good though. But like Grand Theft Auto is not realistic at all with the driving. Such and, great fucking games too. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll have to wait and see. Reviews come out, I think on Thursday. Game releases on Friday. So... We'll see what happens. Doesn't the ga- game releases on a Friday? Yeah. Most new games come out on Thursdays. No, Friday. Most games release on Fridays now. My sports yep. games comes out on Thursdays. That's probably it. No. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All games release either on Tuesdays or Fridays. Will. Please tell me a game that comes out on Thursday. Please. I'm genuinely interested right now. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just like, I'm pretty I fucking sure. Like maybe I'm wrong. 
Maybe I just buy games on Thursdays. I don't know. Let, let us know, listeners. Do games release on Thursdays? I'm probably so dead ones? wrong here. I want to know. I like, I'm genuinely interested because uh, it's funny you say that because Red Dead Redemption 2, um, I believe Best Buy and maybe even GameStop, maybe some other outlets, they're releasing it, I think, at 9 p.m. Uh, Thursday night. So like, it is an early release. You can go get it Thursday night at 9 if I'm not mistaken. Like, correct me if I'm wrong there, listeners, but, like, because I get emails for Best Buy's Weekly ad every week, you know? Sure. And I pulled it up. It said, store uh, releasing at this time. Come get it. And I'm like, oh, fucking, all right, cool. I mean, I have a digital on PlayStation, but, yeah. Exciting stuff, nonetheless. Video games be booming. It's that time of the season. Will, let's get into some news. First and foremost, the Master Chief Xbox avatar costume is available right now. And uh, not in Forza Horizon 4, mind. You motherfuckers need to get on that, I swear to God. But, and I quote from the tweet, When you want to look like a galaxy-saving hero, accept no substitute. Finish the fight in this Master Chief Xbox avatar costume. Available now. And I believe it's $4.99. Is it worth it? I mean, No. Am I going to get it? Yeah. <laughs> of course it's not worth it. It's a fucking avatar costume. You don't even look at avatars. Like No ever. one does anymore. Yeah. So so no, it's not worth it at all. Well, but of course I'm going to get wasn't it. Wasn't the 360 big on the avatar? Yes. And you saw those all the time. Yeah. Like they'd be on your dashboard when you look at your friends, so on and so forth. I wonder why they subsided. Well, they weren't a big deal when the Xbox One first released. Like I don't even think they were there. When the Xbox One first released. And then in one of the most recent updates, they made them more like prolific. Gotcha. Yeah. And now I kind of like that about the Xbox 360, though, was that little avatar you can make it your own. Yep. And uh, the best part is, is that they've completely overhauled the avatar system on the Xbox One. So while you don't see them quite often enough, um, like they have options for wheelchairs and stuff like that, too. It's like they've added so many cool customization features to avatars now. So yeah, you can spend five bucks and get a Master Chief costume that you will never look at, like I will. Um, Infection is back within Halo MCC. Well, is now in Halo MCC. It's not back. It's within Halo MCC right now for a limited time. And a quote from the tweet, "'Tis the season for spooky shenanigans. Infection is back in Halo the Master Chief collection for a limited time." Do you read the Halo tweets with that kind of, like, announcer voice, like... Tis the season for spooky shenanigans. Or do you like, I kind of think of it as like a, like a low chief talk, like tis the season for spooky shenanigans. Infection is back in Halo. What? Never mind. Just keep going. I'm thinking like in your head, do you, do you, I scroll through Twitter. Yeah. Like that's what I do. I don't sit there and like fucking put a voice behind it. I read it, add it to bookmarks for the show and move the fuck on with my life. (laughs) That's what I do. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) I swear. You know what? I don't even think you're the one. Like, you're not the one person who does that. I bet tons of other people do that. It's just I love how you just came to me with that. Oh, out of nowhere. It is one of those days today, Will. Oh, jeepers creepers. Okie dokie, artichokey. Are we ready to continue on? Let's keep going. 
Speaking of infection, Halo 5's infection mode has been updated with new maps, modes, and double XP. So there's a couple, uh, there's a tweet, and there is an article. And I'll try to quickly go through the big parts of this article. So for Halo 5 Guardians, the infection playlist in Halo 5 will receive a special Halloween treatment featuring new maps, three new modes, and double XP until the end of the month. Let's take a look at the additions right now. Castle Raid on Castello. Castle Raid is a brand new mode designed to add a new gameplay element to the standard infection experience. In the Storm the Castle mode, survivors must break into the, infection, in the infected's lair, steal a skull from a haunted casket, and then burn it in a pit of fire. Okay. An important thing to note is that every living person gets points if the skull is burned, so if you're going to want to work together when moving the skull or else the infected might win. And in preparation for the infected's extreme camouflage, you've come well equipped with a COG assault rifle and a threat marker SMG to spot them. Our very own Randy355 and Blaze built this mode with the help of the community member and scripting expert Sniper C. Speed Demons on Viking. Based on the original Halo 3 mode, Speed Demons is a fast-paced variant of infection that often has you running and driving away from the infected as fast as possible. Survival start with a battle rifle and shotgun, but can scavenge for weapons and vehicles around the map. Be careful, though. These infected are extremely fast and are equipped with energy swords and grav hammers. Contingency on Linear Infection Last but certainly not least, the community loves style of linear infection gameplay is making its first appearance in Halo matchmaking under the name Contingency. If you enjoy playing any of the Survive the Blank maps and modes, such as Survive the Underground, that are often in the custom game browser, this is the mode for you. Players will run from location to location as new rooms and pathways unlock around the map until they can make it and survive in the final zone. And then there's a little bit of an interview with the designer of the mode. You can go ahead and check that out. Before showing off the four maps of this mode, we do want to give everyone a heads up that if you don't move into the next room in time, the maps will teleport you into the next play space right alongside some very hungry zombies. You may not appreciate this tip until you actually jump in and give the mode a try, but as soon as the door opens up to the next zone, run! Again, without further ado, here are the maps you can play Contingency on. Bleak Rock by Preacher X21X, The Burrows by OxyClutch, The Green Zone by OxyClutch, and Coastal Highway by Commander Coulson. And we already talked briefly about Halo the Master Chief Collection, but there's a little couple more pieces of information. If you didn't see the news yesterday, Infection has returned to MCC. It just feels so right to play your favorite zombie-inspired modes from Halo 3, Halo 4, and Halo 2 Anniversary in one spectacularly terrifying playlist. To celebrate its return from the dead, we're giving away the flood, uh, this Flood Lobby nameplate if you play a match of Infection in the playlist between now and Halloween. As a heads up, the Infection nameplates will only start rolling out in early November, so just keep in mind that patience is a virtue, and we'll get the nameplate to you in due time. So if you're in the mood for some infection, it's available in all the Halo games. Go play it. Here's a community spotlight for October 18th, 2018. So we have our community creations like segment near the end of the show. Like we can't hold a candle to this. We should, I should do better. Will. I need to do better, but check out this article. There's a lot of fucking cool shit in there. There is, so there's a, I feel like there's a lot of community made Halo content out there. There is. Um, it's hard to like just pick one thing though, or pick a few things when there's so much of it. Then you know what, Will? We, yeah. We need to pick all the things. We need to pick all the things. All the things. I would also like, I, I wish we had a bigger community outreach because then we could have like, I wish there was like a submission system and we could like have like actual like contests and awards, which would be amazing. But that might be something down the pipeline. It will. 
be something down the pipeline. Ooh, Josh likes the idea. Okay. I love the idea. Perfect. I think the listeners will love the idea as well. We're going to make it happen. Next up, the MCC Insider Update. There's a tweet. I'll read it. If you own a digital copy of MCC and or were a part of the original MCC Insider program, download the latest Insider build to help test and share feedback on the new Match Composer. So there was a play date. Um, there was an Insider play date last weekend. There's one coming up October 26th through the 28th, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, Pacific Daylight Time to 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And then another one, 6 p.m. PDT to 9 p.m. PDT. Check them out. You can check out the new settings and all that fun stuff for controllers. It'll be a good time. And the last piece of regular news, the Installation 01 Weekly Update is included in the show notes in the Google Doc. You can check it out, have some fun, read up on the community mod good stuffs. Will. Yes, sir. Time for some competitive news. First up, roster deadline. The, prof- the pros roster lock deadline for hcs atlanta is today the day we're recording this so uh by the time you're listening guess what it's already over so hopefully the pro teams got their rosters in groups will be drawn live on october 30th at 4 p.m pst will you have a statement trifecta lost someone today they need someone by today to fill in i bet they're scrambling right now it's a really good point. I didn't even fucking think about that. Well. Good luck to him. Musa, he gone. He gone. <laughs> we have no idea who's going to be in that spot. We'll just have to wait and see. Okay. Will. This is it. The big one. No. So, we're going to read through the article. Okay. We're going to discuss a little bit. But this will be our main topic for next week's show. We have a lot to pack into this one. We want to give the listeners, the people out there, time to digest this information. We can come up with a good community discussion. We'll bring it to the table next week. But we finally got information that we've been waiting for in regards to the future of the HCS. This is from 343. And here we go. And I quote. With HCS 2018 season finals at DreamHack Atlanta rapidly approaching, we, we know many folks across the competitive community have questions regarding what's next for the HCS and what they can expect from Halo Esports going forward. So today, we'd like to share some important esports updates around Halo 5, MCC, and more, and we'll have more to share DreamHack Atlanta and beyond. Halo 5 Esports After three years of tournaments, unbelievable moments and matches, and more than $6 million awarded, the HTS Finals 2018 at DreamHack Atlanta will be the final, official, Halo 5 esports tournament for the Halo Championship Series, though competitive Halo will continue on in brand new ways. More on that below. We're so thankful to all the amazing players, teams, and fans that have invested so much in supporting Halo 5 competitions to help us continue the growth of Halo esports together. While we'll all finally reflect on so many incredible Halo 5 HTS memories, we're also excited as we look forward to an even brighter future. What's next? Esports and supporting the competitive Halo community continues to be an important focus for the studio, and there will still be events and activities for competitive players to participate in beyond Halo 5. With MCC receiving improvements in new features, and Halo Infinite in development, 
We are excited to seize an opportunity to lay the foundation for the entire com uh, competitive scene to build up from where to build up from there and support the community as it grows. From official grassroots programming and events to the ongoing Microsoft Store tournaments, we will continue to explore new opportunities and initiatives for the coming year. As competitive Halo morphs and evolves, we're mindful of our guidelines and our priorities for the pillars we want to be reflected in the Halo Championship series. We want to continue to be open to and accessible for all players. We want to continue to communicate openly about our plans for the future of Halo Esports. And we want Halo Esports to be successful for those that invest in it. Grassroots. Later this year, we're kicking off a program to support grassroots tournaments and content creators across all Halo titles, and we'll have full details to share at DreamHack Atlanta. We believe that Halo Esports is only as successful as the community and foundation it's built upon, and investing in grassroots is an important part of setting that foundation for the future. Stay tuned. We're excited to share more information next month, including how you can get involved to play, watch, and apply. Halo The Master Chief Collection. With the recent updates and improvements to MCC and even more feature work underway, there's a renewed sense of excitement and re reinvigoration for these games, particularly with Halo 3. We're excited to support this with the 2v2 SHOWDOWN at DreamHack Atlanta, and would like to continue to deliver similar experiences in the future. The scope and specifics of potential MCC competitive offerings will be largely dependent on how well the 2v2 SHOWDOWN performs in terms of participation and viewership. We're eager to kick this off and we'll be keeping a close eye on the community response as we continue to evaluate plans and opportunities for MCC moving forward. Halo Infinite. As we look further ahead, we know there's a lot of anticipation surrounding Halo Infinite. We're not ready to pull the curtain back just yet, but the Halo Esports team has been working closely with the development team to represent the wants and needs of the ever-evolving esports community in terms of gameplay, features, viewership, and more. Halo 5, both as a game and eSport, has evolved a great deal over the years with new maps and game types, spectator and observer modes, local server, and more, and we've learned a tremendous amount along the way. We're excited to carry our learnings and industry learnings forward in, in Halo Infinite in a more integrated way than ever before here at 343. While we wait for the right time to share more game details, we want to remind folks about the community flighting program that Chris Lee mentioned in his blog back in June. In the future, we'll be able to join early flighting programs that will let members of the community play the game with us and give direct feedback, much like the current Insider Flighting program for Halo the Master Chief Collection. It will take some time for us to be ready to kick off those flighting events, but when they do, they will start small and grow along the way. We can't overstate how important the flighting process will be to the development of Halo Infinite, and the team is excited to share the journey with the entire Halo community, including competitive players. We look forward to sharing more details as soon as the team is ready. And finally, thank you. On behalf of the HCS team and the entire 343 studio, we want to thank everyone who supported Halo 5 Esports over the past three years, and we look forward to continuing this journey together to grow Halo Esports for years to come. With some intense competition and rivalries heating up in the Halo 3 2v2 SHOWDOWN looming, DreamHack Atlanta promises to be an awesome finale. Join us at DreamHack Atlanta to celebrate three, uh, Halo 3... Halo 5 eSports with player-voted awards, flashbacks to the greatest memories from the past three years, and more. And then you can tweet at them, and, uh, that's that. There we have it. Well, let's pack up the fucking show. We're out this bitch. I'm out. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, we're sticking around. Yeah, we're not going fucking anywhere. Um, God, it's, it's hard.
to here a little bit. A little devastating. A little devastating. Uh, I was expecting at least one more year, right? Yeah, something to carry us closer to infinite. Yeah. Um. Here's what I'll say. I feel like Halo was grown from the grassroots tournaments. Grassroots. It's where MLG got its start. Where Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like them going back to it is a little bit like, okay, let's take a step back from what we've been doing. And while we're developing Infinite, we're going to develop what esports for Halo is going to be over the next three years and not have this rise and decline like we did with 5. I'm hoping that they're really taking a look at what Halo 5 did and just going to make it better for the Halo community moving forward. Um, depending on the showdown that happens. Showdown! You have to say it every time. I do. Um, <laughs> the Halo 3 2v2 showdown! showdown. Um, so if, if that does well, and I'll, I'm curious. So I've always thought the old style of gameplay would be too slow for me competitive-wise to watch it in a stream. So I don't watch it often. But I'm curious to see if this style of tournament where we are seeing some old pros come back in, I believe, and that high level of competition will still keep me drawn in. Um, it's, I mean, I just hope that this means there's better things in the future. That's, that's where I'm going to leave it at for today. So when that article released, you and I were watching... Harry Potter, and uh, was it The Prisoner of Azkaban at that time? Yes, sir. Okay. And I stopped everything. I paused the movie. You paused the movie. I paused the movie. Both our significant others were sitting on the couch as well. I paused the movie. So this was huge. It was. I'll remember, yeah. Yeah. I remember, well, I'll remember that like, from when I heard that moment. <laughs> oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Um, to go off what you were saying, I, I yeah. Obviously, I think this means things are going to be on the up and up in the long run, right? This is kind of a big setback. Um, but like I was, like I told people before, and like you just said earlier, we're not going anywhere, right? Like the show was built upon those smaller tournaments, the community made ones, the ones that like are trying to get their voices heard, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And I love just seeing more of those. Like it's going to be great. And what I, sorry to cut you off here. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Maybe I should save this for next episode. But what I'm really excited to see is a lot of these top of the line pros from Halo are jumping over to Todd. Maybe they'll stay there. And they maybe these grassroots tournaments, we'll see these amazing new players come up and we can kind of watch them grow into Halo Infinite and they'll, we'll be new fans of them. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, ex I'm kind of... I'm sad the HCS is going away, but I'm excited to see what that brings in. That's right. That's and what you mean by that is like the HCS is like taking a break from official tournaments until infinite releases. Yes. And something that was said in that article that I talked about briefly before in a previous episode, they're talking about flighting programs for infinite. And I totally forgot about that because I was wondering why not have multiple betas throughout the development of Infinite. We're getting it. Flighting program. It's exactly what we're getting. The esports team 
is working directly with the development team, which means those flighting programs could help shape the competitive aspect of Halo Infinite. Which would be fucking huge to get in from the ground up. So, yeah, like you said, I only think it's going to get better from here. Obviously. I mean, if you, if you think about it, Halo is at a very low point. It's almost like there's nowhere else to go but up. Yep. It's like the Browns. <laughs> oh, no. And look, they've won more than one game this season. Yeah. See? Making improvements. Exactly. It just took a while to like drive them the fuck in the ground for so long until they're like, hey, guys, we can win a fucking game, can't we? And they did. But yeah, they're really not that bad. And uh, Halo Esports is just going to... Halo Esports will thrive again. We've talked about it multiple fucking times. Will it be as good as it ever was? I don't know. Maybe not. But doesn't mean we can't be optimistic about it, right? Yeah. And like we said, the news that we got is, yes, disappointing. But it gives us more of a reason, not that we weren't doing it before, but it gives us even more of a reason to focus on these up-and-comers that you were saying, these just starting off tournament organizers, so on and so forth, and really get back to what it was, which is going to be great. I'm excited. And we'll have plenty more to talk about next week and further weeks beyond when we get more and more information. And they even said more info is coming at DreamHack as to what those gra- what they're going to be doing for those grassroots tournament organizers. Yeah, and they said they're going to be um, supporting com- like community creators, Yep, which is awesome. Time to see what that means. Hopefully, hopefully we have all of that information at DreamHack and not this. They, they said in the article that we want to be more upfront with people, so on and so forth. It's like, okay, this article, great start, right? DreamHack is going to be where you bring it all home. Right. Explain everything well, you're doing. That's your last Halo 5 event. You got to tell us everything at that point. Yep. And I'm guessing we won't get that information till Championship Sunday because that's sure. when their higher viewership is. That's when most people will be watching. But still, we need it then. Yep. So before we move on, and I'm sorry to take up more time, um, Natana and I, Natana, my wife, obviously, we went on a walk yesterday and uh, we we just got to talking about competitive Halo because she's in, interested in it as well. And she goes, um, when's the next tournament? Because we plan a vacation every year. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, when's the next tournament? And I'm like, well, that's really funny you say that. Because DreamHack Atlanta is the last Halo 5 tournament. She's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, it's the last one. Well, when is it? Mid-November. Yeah. Oh, shit. And I'm like, yeah, so while I won't be going to Atlanta, um, I did take that Friday off. Because like, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It's the last one. If I can't even go, I might as well be there for the whole thing, to watch the whole thing. Get as much information for the show as I possibly can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm not talking about going worlds deep because that was like too much. We've, we've asked and people have said it was too much. Well, hey, we, at least we can say we did it. We did a deep dive on like every series. Every single series. Yeah. It was fucking crazy, man. It was. It oh. was. Yeah. I think, I think Atlanta will be one to remember for sure. Everyone's going to be out there. Everyone's going to be talking about it. It's the last one. You're going to have those bittersweet memories, you know? And they even said they're going to be showing off some of those old memories from the past three years. So yeah, it's gonna, I'm I'm excited to watch the event. It's going to be a good time. Hopefully, uh, 
I mean, I want Golden Boy to be there in, in person, but a cardboard cutout would be pretty fucking funny too if that, that, if that happens. I, I bet it'll be. I just though. hope they bring everybody in. Like, yeah. bring Onset and Lottie over. Yep. Um, you know, Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. Gaskin. Yep. Get um, Clutch in there. Clutch, Clutch is going to be there. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, Get I just everybody. Everybody. Bring back T2. Yes. It, it won't happen, but bring them back. <laughs> bring them back, damn it, for the last one, please. Hashtag free T2. That's what, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. Got on long enough. Will, any last things you want to talk about that before we move on within the show? No, we'll have more next week on it. Then, Will, it's time for you to talk about some scrims. Okay. We have some scrims from this week, and my pen just died, so I can't write down the timestamp. Give me a second, Josh. Do, 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 do. Okay. On Thursday, October 18th, we had Tox go up against Renegades. Series score was three to two going to Tox. We also had Tox go up against Reciprocity. Series score seven to six going to Reciprocity. GG's, guys. Next, we had Accelerate go up against Elevate. Series score, 3-2, to two, Accelerate. Then we had Accelerate versus Commonly's team. Series score, 8-4, to four, Accelerate. A lot of scrims on Thursday. On Friday, October 19th, we had Accelerate go up against Elevate again. Uh, series score was 6-2, to two, Elevate. Stats are as followed. Accelerate had three more kills. Elevate had 18 more assists. Accelerate had two less deaths. Elevate had five more power kills. Accelerate had 19 more precision kills. And Accelerate also had six more magnum kills. Elevate won all their games pretty much handily, score-wise, except for a nail-biting 149-148 all-ball game that they won as well. Accelerate were just not able to close out games there, even though they had a basically better score line. I mean, stat line. Sure. So good on Elevate for closing those games out. And I believe that's all we have for scrims this week. Time for some tournaments in the recaps that we talk about. First up is the LFTG 4v4 Halo 5 tournament recap. First place went to Optic Gaming, but not the Optic Gaming that you're thinking of, Will, because they're gone from Halo. This was just a fucking team that just took the name. Took the name. This consisted of Eli Elite, Furious Mitten, Guitar Hero Dude, and Silence. Second place went to Vader's Flock, consisting of Neptune. Yes, that Neptune. Pleasing Sticks, Prans, and Scariotic. Yes, that's Scariotic. And uh, Optic won with a reverse sweep over Vader's Flock. Bracken Vod in the show notes in the Google Doc in the episode thingamajigger. Next up, we had the Banished Halo Wars 2 Season Qualifiers Tournament Recap. First place went to L. Hechazero. I'm going to fucking butcher that name. And second place went to Happy Joey 752471. Bracket and Vod will be included as well. Then we had the UGC Halo 3 2v2 Showdown. Qualifier number two results. First place went to Fear Tusk, consisting of Fear and Tusk. <laughs> second place going to Self-Proclaimed. This is their second second place finishing in a row, consisting of Evader and Gun-type. Uh, bracket will be included. Fear and Tusk 1-3-2 is another close game 5 series. Another heartbreaking loss for Self-Proclaimed. Poor guys. We'll see if they're able to close it out, though. Um, 
next week. Because there, there's one every week leading up into um, DreamHack. So, good stuff. Then, Will, we had the AGLA, the American Griffball League of America, weekly results. You want to take the first game there? All right. On Monday, October 15th, Bomb Squad went up against Corrupt. Game one was 5-1 to one Bomb Squad. Game two, 5-1 to one Bomb Squad for a series score of 2-0 going to Bomb Squad. Uh, you want me to keep going or are you taking Yeah, it? go ahead. Okay. On Wednesday, October 17th, Bomb Squad went up against NSFW. Game one was 5-3 to three Bomb Squad. Game two, 5-1 to one Bomb Squad for another 2-0 Bomb Squad series. We'll just take the last one. And on Thursday, October 18th, NSFW went up against Notorious Game 1, 5-0 NSFW. Game 2, 5-3 NSFW for a series score of 2-0 going to NSFW. Stats will be included in the show notes. Will, guess what we got this week? What's that? We have an American Griffball League of America weekly update from American Griffball League of America. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, indeed. So... Let's read this. Hey, everyone. We're nearing the last week of the regular season. The playoffs picture has started to take shape. No one is eliminated from playoffs, but there's a few teams desperate to hang on to their playoff hopes. Let's take a quick look into the standings, see how the teams are doing. Before we jump into the standings, it's worth noting that the trade deadline has passed. We had a couple trades in the last week. Nobility traded Skittles to NoCap for Obey Kirk, and Corrupt traded TCT J-Bomb to Vanguard for Epic Beast. As a reminder on how the playoff bracket will work for this season, six teams will make playoffs. The top two seeds will receive a first-round bye. The first-round matchups will be between the third and sixth seeds and the four and fifth seeds. In the semifinals, the first seed will then be allowed to choose who they want to play among the three other remaining teams. All series, including the championship, will be best of three, just like the regular season. One Hit Wonders, their series record is 7-0. Their overall record is 14-1. Holy hot damn. One Hit Wonders is easily the best team in the league at this point in the season. Not only have they won 14 of their 15 games played, but they've dominated the teams that are expected to match them in the playoffs. The only other teams that is cruising into playoffs is No Cap, and they took them down in two games, giving up only two goals. NSFW, who started out with a 3-0 start, have since slowed down to a .5 record, and a couple 5-0 losses to One Hit Wonders was a clear statement on where each th- uh, where they each stood in the power rankings. Last two series for One Hit Wonders are against the 0-3 Nobility and the 2-2 Vanguard. No Cap, series record 4-1, overall record 8-2. No Cap is the only other team in the league besides One Hit Wonders who has a clear path to playoffs in front of them. At a 4-1 record, they will con- uh, they'll be clinching their seed any day now. But you have to look at the losses to One Hit Wonders as a red flag. Not content hoping they will improve, Team Captain Venom made a move by acquiring Skittles from Nobility and sending away Obey Kirk. It is yet to be seen how this will play out on the court, but this is a very interesting team to watch as it's not, uh, as it's not often teams this high in the standings make trades late in the season. Bomb Squad. They're 2-1 with an overall record of 4-2. After a long break, Bomb Squad finally returned to the court and looked dominant with a couple 5-1 whims over Corrupt, who is now in freefall. There are a lot of series left to play despite being late into the season. Expect this team to make use of makeup week. Unfortunately, it's difficult to judge this team given that they've lost to the top-seeded team, beat the team with the most losses in the league, and a .5 team without a key starter. NSFW at number four, with a series record of three and three, overall record of seven and six. A 3-0 start is long gone 
as a three-series losing streak could put this team back down to a .5 record. To make things worse, they've lost a key starter in DC, in DC Leak to an availability change and may not see him again for the remainder of the season. It's looking like a 5-4 series record will be the cutoff for playoffs without having to worry much about tiebreakers and a series against second-seeded no-cap to come. NSFW is going to have to come up with some big wins against Bomb Squad and Notorious. Let's talk about Legacy. Their series score, uh, their series record's 4-4. Four and four. Overall record, 8-8. Eight eight. Middle of the road. The complete opposite of Bomb Squad, Legacy got almost every series played early in the season but have one last series against Corrupt still to play. It's unclear if lead take Gingy or Ginji, will be available for the series, but they may not need it if Corrupt can, can't turn things around. This team was built for playoffs with limited availability from their star players. They can hold on to one of the last playoff spots they will be able to contend. Number six, Vanguard. Series record 2-2, two two, overall record 5-4. Holding the final playoff spot is Vanguard, who still have most of their season to play. A very interesting team thus far, who has been able to hand NSFW their first loss after their 3-0 start, but also give Corrupt their only win of the season after winning the first game of the series. There's plenty of talent on the team, but still many questions. They have yet to be tested by one-hit wonder or no-cap. Look to these series to get a better understanding of where this team stands. Almost done. Number seven, Orphanage of Troubled Teens. And troubled they are. They have a series record of one and two, overall record of three and five. We start off the sub uh, .5 teams with Orphanage of Troubled Teens, who despite having a losing record, had the only win against one-hit wonders this season after Stop Killing Me put up a ridiculous 52-25 kill death spread en route to a 5-1 dominant victory. Holy fucking shit, that's a big score. While one-hit wonders was able to win the next two games while surrendering only one goal, it's hard to just dismiss a win like that. It's clear who the star of the team is, but it's going to take a team to get in the playoffs. Number 8. Notorious. Series goal 1-4, overall record 2-9. Now we're into the teams desperate for a win. At 1-4, Notorious can afford maybe one more series loss. Luckily, they have already played a one-hit wonder and no-cap, so the toughest part of their schedule is past. The comeback win over Corrupt early in the season is the only thing keeping their season alive, but their margin of error is extremely small. Number 9, Corrupt. Series record 1-5, overall record 3-11. Speaking of Notorious' comeback win over Corrupt, here's the 1-5 team whose margin of error is non-existent. Corrupt is likely dead to a sweep of their last three series. Fortunately for them, the teams they have yet to play include 7th seed Orphanage of Trouble Teams, 10th seed Nobility, and 5th seed Legacy, who may be without their lead tank. It's not impossible, and the schedule is in their favor, but it's unlikely trading J-Bomb for Epic Beast is what is going to push this team over the edge. They need their star player to show up big. And last but not least, Nobility, series record 0-3, overall record 0-6. Another team with most of the season to play, but Nobility hasn't shown much life up until the tread deadline, when they traded Skittles for Obey Kirk. Since Skittles only played one game, this appears to be a big boost to the team and could be their last hope in turning this season around. The schedule doesn't mean much when you're in last. This team just has to win some games. Saying it how it is. Yeah. It's good shit. Well, do me a favor and read me some 2K results. All right. So we had some 2Ks take place out of the Latam region. First place went to CL with a bunch of commas. 350 bucks, all teams in first place taking home 2,000 pro points. In second place, we had uh, Noble's team taking home 150 bucks and 1,200 pro points. <laughs> wait, wait, you didn't even give that one a chance this time, right? Ah, fuck that. In third, fourth, we had Tiki Tiki and No Scope with 800 pro points. And in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, we had 
Comer- whatever. I can't. <laughs> Clermos, PPS, Heyday, HCSLA, and Shuffle with 600 pro points. All right. Out of the Australia, New Zealand region. First place went to OE647272, taking home 500 bucks. Second place went to James Live 2008 Fan Club, taking home 250 bucks. And in third, fourth, we had Osprey Gaming and Learning Stuff. Out of EU, first place went to EU Halo Players LMFAO, taking home 750 bucks. Second place went to Market, taking home 250 bucks. Third, fourth was Hong Kong and Skit Light. And in fifth was Tyrant Second 2K. Only five teams competed. Out of North America, first place went to Tox, 1500 bucks to them. Second place went to Accelerate, 500 bucks to them. And third, fourth, we had Reciprocity and Trifecta. In 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, we had Lux, Elevate, Pirates, and Mentality. And, uh, yeah, that's it for the 2Ks. Will. Yes, sir. It comes that time of the show where we have a topic. And we had the topic last week, but we gave the community time to discuss this week. And, uh, discuss they did, Will. Discuss they did. Not only did they discuss... But the pro players discussed. Not only did the pro players discuss, Dr. Disrespect discussed. Not only did Dr. Disrespect discuss, but 343 discussed as well. Will we have the results? Should Halo have a battle royale mode? Well, guess what? Sketch put out a poll on Twitter. And I quote, just for fun, do you think a Battle Royale mode had a pl- has a place in Halo games? Out of 7,991 votes, Will, it was pretty fucking much dead even. 29% said, heck yeah. 36% said, maybe. 35% said, heck no. So... Without getting into anything else, what do you think of those results of that poll right there? I think that uh, you only need to convince 36% of the people, and then you're in. I mean, that, the 35% that said, heck no, they're never going to play it. I exactly, like, yeah. I feel like that's what it is. Yeah. So if you have 7 or 65% of your player base playing a battle royale, it's pretty, pretty, pretty I'm good. Yeah. But Will, what needs to be cut for a battle royale to be added? Nothing. Will, what needs to be cut? You can't tell me that nothing... There has to be development resources that go to this Battle Royale mode. Something has to be cut. What has to be cut? Quit dodging the question, Will. They don't have to cut anything. They're going to make what they want to make. It's my point. My fucking point, I know. exactly. I know what you're doing. Yeah. I understand. To that one person... I, I doubt the person listens to the show, but if you do, to that one person that was on Twitter replying to every fucking thread that you have to cut something out, fuck off. Fuck off. I'm not even that big of a Battle Royale fan, okay? But I still understand that nothing needs to be cut for it to be added. Just because Black Ops cuts their fucking campaign to put in a Battle Royale mode means that they have to as well. That's not what that fucking means at all. Call of Duty's on a yearly fucking schedule, you moron. Move on. It was my rant. It was Josh's rant. Every time I read that person's reply... I was like, man, do I want to respond so fucking badly. 
But then I just reserved myself. And I'm like, you know what? I have a fucking show that I can say what I want on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, realistically, if they were under a time crunch, they might have to like cut corners somewhere or do something. But they've been... They've had plenty of time to develop this damn game. It doesn't seem like they're on a time crunch here. It doesn't seem like they have that restraint. But yes, I agree with you. And what's not to say that they don't develop it partway into Infinite Life? Will, stop right there. Stop right there. Okay. Because that's in the community discussion. Because Goalie Sniper said basically the same fucking thing. You know what I told him? I told him, you better wait the fuck on. Because Will basically said the same thing after we recorded last week's episode. Oh, funny. So we're going to talk about it. Are you ready? Let's do it. You go through all of the all of the jibber-jabber here. The jibber-jabber. So, Brendan Lore Lowry on Twitter said, and I actually, I really like this tweet, okay? And I think you'll get a kick out of this as well. What's broke? Halo BR. What's woke? Halo Gambit. Halo's balanced nature would solve practically all the problems with how Gambit works in Destiny 2. Hunters and Knights would be the perfect blockers, and Phantoms, Flood Juggernauts, and Warden Eternal could be great primevils. Sure. How fucking dope would that be? I love it. You're bringing... Brendan, you're bringing another scenario to the table. I like that. To that one motherfucker out there who was like, what needs to be cut in order for this to happen? You're not bringing anything to the goddamn table. Brendan Lore Lowry's bringing something to the table. You gotta bring stuff to the table. So, great idea. So there's a clip from Dr. Disrespect. I saw it. I'm sorry I didn't include it. My bad. Couldn't find it. But, I, I mean, I watched it on Twitter, but I couldn't find the direct link to the clip. So sure. that's on me. But he said he wants one. He's he's very surprised that 343 came out with the statement of the only BR that we're focused on is the battle rifle. Because, yeah, he was just talking about how it's it it probably sell fucking gangbusters. But yeah, that was not a direct quote. That's just taking what he said in context here. Um anything you want to talk about with the man, the doctor I mean- disrespect? He also mentioned that, you know, the community outcries that they're constantly chasing trends, but this is a trend to chase. They feel, yeah, BR is a trend to chase, but if it's going to sell you games, I mean, it's going to sell you games. It's going to sell you the games. It's going to make you the bucks. It's going to do the things. And I mean, I don't know. I'll leave it where it is. I, I, we've talked about it at nauseum. There's so much to go that goes into this, but yeah. So, Snipe Down, you might you might know of him. He's like a professional Halo player. He had some thoughts as well. This is from his tweeter, his tweeters. And I quote, Halo needs a Battle Royale type game mode. It probably has the best lore to go along with it. I know chasing trends is something that is, uh, has been publicly stated Halo is against, but BR is a model, not something like Sprint or Clamber. Imagine dropping from a Pelican in an ODST pod as a Marine, and there are different tiered Spartan armors around the map a.k.a. Mark 4, 5, and 6, that either give you an ability or just higher damage modifiers. Literally so many cool options you could tinker with. I need to clarify this would be a great addition to the multiplayer campaign that Halo has followed for a long time. It appeals to a mass of people. 
Halo was coming to PC, and the lore doesn't need to follow specifics, just incite uh, nostalgia from any generation of Halo gamer. I mean, he basically just said it there. It doesn't need to take away from the regular multiplayer and campaign that Halo is known for. It can just be an addition. Anything you want to talk about for Snipedown before I move on? Will. No, you kind of hit it on the head where I'm coming from. Perfect. Perfect. So we got some Discord discussion for you. Now, I... Will, I did trim this down, okay? It doesn't look like it. Fuck off. I trimmed down as much as I could because they... No, I love our community. And I love the discussion that we have week in, week out. They they get into talk about, like, weapons and whatnot that they think would work, whether or not the, the sniper would work, vehicles, so on and so forth. I'm not... In, for those listening, and for those in the Discord that contributed this discussion, I'm sorry that I'm not including that stuff in there, but I tried to get the points that you guys hit on and whether or not it should have one, not what would be included if it did have one, right? That makes sense? So, life, not leaf, but life, I'm pretty fucking sure I'm getting that correct now, states strongly against BR in Halo 1 for one, uh, for in Halo for one simple reason. Halo has spent their last two games chasing trends and being a follower. It's time for Halo to go back to being the franchise that sets the trend. Show me something that's going to make these other games copy Halo again. There we go with the chasing trends notion, right? Uh, Silo states, For people who don't want a BR mode, if the rest of the game is good and there's also a BR mode, do you still have a prompt with it? Great question to ask. Does something need to be taken away? Or if it's just added, what's the big problem? Right. And I think that's where you go like back to life, talking to life there and be like, what if the campaign and multiplayer is revolutionary, but it also has a BR mode, something like that. I, yeah, we, like we, we've already talked about it. I'm Mm -hmm. at that point where I changed my mind, right? I was convinced that, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? As long as what Silos is saying, like is true, right? If it doesn't detract from anything else, then yeah. By all means, the more the merrier, right? And we'll get into further as we go. Um, Life says, I do personally. They would have to leave something innovative out in order to put in a game mode that every other game has. But do they? I mean, that's my personal question. Scud Puddle says, okay, here it goes. You don't have to put all this in the episode if you don't want to. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Here it is. I don't want Halo to have a BR mode. Much like what Life said, it would just be chasing a trend. One that I'm not sure will be as popular in two years as it is now. Side note, that's what I feel. Like me, Josh, that's that's what I feel is that I don't think it's going to be as popular in two years time. I could become totally fucking wrong. It's just, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. And if it is, I'm sure the market will be saturated with BR games that are jumping on the trend as well. I don't like when people gripe about 343, but past history doesn't prove that they can successfully make a game trying to chase the market trends, at least not one that their community as a whole enjoys. I'd much rather them make a game that they want to make and have the flexibility to appease the factions of their community. For example, let competitive players have competitive settings. Make Warzone less snowball-y. And that's another issue. The community is so fucking toxic that it's potentially driving away would-be fans. The moan and gripe about this game yet still play. They tweeted Halo and 343 about their game is so trash, then go right back into Arena. I get that they want some things to be fixed, but yelling and bitching about it isn't the right way. I see them jumping over the cod because it's the new shiny toy, but their attitude is this uh, is still just as sour. Some of them already have complaints about cod as well. Just suck it up and be happy. Damn, Scudpo. There are things behind the scenes that we as a community aren't privy to, and rightfully so. 
I have no idea how game development works, but I'm assuming things are easy. Uh, but I'm assuming things are easy fixes. Trying to split resources between fixing bugs on an old game and completely developing a new game, which is probably going to be hated by half these bitch babies anyway. I I think he meant meant to say I'm assuming things aren't easy. Fixes. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um. Thank you for clarifying that. It has got to be difficult. Not to mention that right now they're supporting three games: MCC, Halo Five, and Infinite. Maybe they, should, maybe they shouldn't have uh, taken on the task of three games, but that's where they are now. Specifically about BR, weapons, health, shield would definitely need some tweaking if they tried this. Halo at its core is a close quarters game. Dropping in a BR would be exciting, but after the initial skirmish, it would be whoever has a sniper who wins. And the Halo sniper is way easier to use than other snipers in other games. You'll get clips like we get from BTB or Warzone matches when somebody posts up and has a quick succession sniper so- shots. There really is no way to combat, combat that unless you have a sniper yourself. Part of what makes BR games mode successful is the balancing. I don't think the weapon set in Halo is balanced. It's limited. And even the variants that uh, they have introduced throw that balance out of whack even more. For example, Super Fiesta. Love it, but a few weapons control the match. Okay. I mean, Call of Duty snipers are pretty fucking high goddamn powered. What is it? What, what do they call the one? What's like the most beefy sniper in that fucking game? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I just grab whatever ones I find. It's not a javelin. No, that's a rocket. Right. What the fuck is it called? They have like the outlaw, no. which isn't the beefiest. There's like there's a bunch. There's a few. Um, there's a 50 cal sniper. Does that's it start like with the, a W? I don't remember exactly. Either way, there's there's like one sniper in that game that fucking just. Good luck. Good luck fighting against that. You get a like if somebody body shots but you with BR, you're fucking like damn, you're dead. But that's where. Yes, someone who gets a sniper could be dominant, but that's where maybe you only put one or two snipers on the map that drop in crates that people have to risk their lives going for. Sure, and that's... There's, there, yeah. When people talk about all these things in Halo that wouldn't work in BR, there's there are ways to... Make it work. Yeah, to either like tune them down or, you know, go around it. Maybe not... I know sniping is huge in BRs right now, but maybe that's what makes Halo different. Maybe it's not... Maybe there's more close quarters and there's... There are really no snipers. That would be hard to do with with the sniper being such a Halo yeah. staple. But well, we we also at this point in time have no idea what infinite is. Right. We have no idea what the weapon set's going to be. We have no idea what the vehicle set's going to be. We could speculate for years. We know there's a warthog. True, and we know there's Master Chief and Marines and a Halo ring. But regardless, it's. Right. Yeah, getting into the minute details about specific weapons and whatnot, we can't really speculate on that because we literally don't have any information on that at this point in time. So maybe when, once we get that information, then we can revisit that part of the topic and determine what may not work, what may work, so on and so forth. Sure. Okay. All right. Lanky Sasquatch replied with, Scott Puddle, you're right on with the amount of tweaking that would need to be, uh, that would be needed to make BR enjoyable and sustainable. I would think the rework to make a BR mode viable would make the mode feel and play completely different from the core game. Sounds like a pain for development and for players wanting to dip in and out of traditional versus BR multiplayer. I'd prefer they put those resources to different different creative multiplayer modes. Not just a Fiesta-style mode where it's a randomized version of a base mode, but not fleshed out ideas here, like a Predator mode where it's 8 to 16 players with uh, 2-ish hunters in permacamo. They only get pistols or other toned-down weapons and they lose the camo temporarily when firing... Or a trader mode, where each team has one trader, they're technically on a team and can see each other. 
One life per round. If one or both traders make it to the end, they win. So they have to plan the, mo uh, the moment to turn and work with the other. Okay. Maybe they catch fire and become the new BR mode. Who knows? Something new and different that isn't the standard Slayer objective base we've played the last decade. Maybe, probably, a new mode that's way different will flop, but it'll bring something new to the table. Unfortunately, big games don't like doing that, but a man can dream. Silos replies with, I've written five responses, but, qu but keep getting lost in the topic due to the nature of Discord. I may have to tackle this when I get home from work. I'll pose this thought, and then come back and talk more uh, about different people's posts. I have been somebody who has been disappointed with most changes Halo has made. The thought that they will finally build a mode that is completely separate from the game I want to play sounds like a glimmer of hope that the core experience I want will finally resemble something close to the game I want to play. I would rather have a BR mode that's completely separate alongside incredible core 2v2, free-for-all, and 4v4 modes than have a lot of innovation and consistency across all game modes, but I have to deal with all this extra fluff that deteriorates my experience because the sniper needs to be balanced in several game modes, player sizes, map sizes, etc. Maybe it's possible to have a ton of innovative gameplay while also keeping the gameplay consistent across all modes and make everything remarkable, and also make it something the old fans can appreciate. But that's rare, and I doubt we'll see that in a heavily market-tested game. Rereading that, I got lost in the topic again. Point is, I don't think there's anything wrong with Battle Royale. Like, who loses if it comes out and is awesome as long as the rest of the game is fine? Let's be real. Halo Infinite will have the craziest forge by far, and you'll be able to build your own innovation from that. The proposed Battle Royale mode is already possible throughout Forge. I'll probably be able to create most of the Halo I want for with Forge. In Halo 5, 343 already showed they're happy to leverage Forge for massive game modes with ETB. There's no reason Infinite can't be the same way. We just need the base shooting and gameplay to be good alongside all these potential BR modes and innovation, and frankly I'm more scared of the base gameplay than I am any new features or game modes. Lanky Sasquatch replies with, Will has it spot on! Halo needs to release BR yesterday, if they were to do it. The market will continually overcrowd and the community will move on. If they release in 2020, they will hopefully have a powerhouse forge to appease BR folk, as well as have a mode to cash in on whatever the craze is at the time. Halo proper gives us our Halo fix, and forge modes can satisfy all the other factions of fans. Do you think forge... Do you think people can make a competitive BR mode, or just a BR mode in general in Forge, Will? Do you think it's possible? Do you think it will be possible? I know we're fucking speculating. Just give me a quick, give me a quick response. What do you think? Not like a true, what a true BR is now. I mean, okay. I don't know how you do like the drop in, flying over, getting to pick your own spot. Halo's a lot of like, computer puts you here, right? This yeah. is where you spawn. Sure, you might, I don't know, like, are you able to spawn without a weapon? There's no way to pick up, like, armor or shield. Like, they can have camos retimed on the map, and maybe it's only once. How do you have an uh, enclosing map? You know what I'm saying? Like a shrinking zone or something like that. Halo 1, you started without a gun. You Halo. had to go get the pistol from Captain Keys. You did. Yep. It can be done. It can be done. <laughs> the dropping in, though, I have no idea. Yeah. And who, what's to say, like, Forge... Again, we're speculating. What's to say that Forge and Infinite isn't going to be, like, the fucking tits, you know? Sure. It'd be anything. You never know. But yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, High Tech Redneck states, At first, I was a 100% against the BR mode in Halo. 
but I remember Hitch and Maniac talking about it on a podcast a while back, and some of the stuff they were brainstorming sounded pretty cool. I'm still pretty against it, though. One reason is just because I suck at BR games, but another that I hadn't really thought about until playing Black Ops 4 is that with the population in Halo being so low, although hopefully this will change with Infinite, it will, I'm afraid adding another mode, especially one that requires 50 to 100 players per game, would spread the population too thin. I've definitely noticed it's hard to find games in Call of Duty FFA late, late at night, and I'm sure that's probably because a good chunk of players are playing Blackout. Call of Duty has a much bigger population than Halo. I just wouldn't want them to trim down matchmaking playlists to the bare bones in an attempt to help people find games, kind of like they've done with MCC, just to have a BR mode. I think a Halo BR could be pretty cool, but I think the potential cons outweigh the benefits. Dax709 states, High Tech Redneck has a great point. And it's interesting that no one seems to be considering that in the Twitter discussion I'm seeing. All they seem to see is Fortnite and how Blackout is doing. Very short-sighted. Silo states, I don't feel it's fair to be against Battle Royale due to concerns of a population split when we have had divides in Halo populations since Halo 3. Online co-op, then firefight, then invasion, to be fair, this was trimmed. Halo 4 doesn't count, then extra games in MCC, taking away from the Halo 2 anniversary, then Warzone, multiple arena-ass playlists, and many other things. I feel this has been a problem for over 10 years, and I'm down to solve the solution by removing a lot of the bloat, but I don't think it's fair to say new stuff shouldn't be added due to the population concerns when I can trim several other things that a lot of people now consider must-haves for Halo. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't enjoy BR, so if it was included, it would be extra bloat that frustrates me. I do agree that every playlist will suffer if BR is added, so I agree with you. I guess I don't think it's necessarily fair, though, if that makes sense. Dax709 states, my main aversion to BR, besides me not liking the mode in general, is the possibility the development of BR could take away from effort in other areas. I really hope 343 doesn't cave to all the recent hype and the calls from players like Snipedown that Halo needs the mode. Why, why people don't seem to understand or appreciate the fact that it can probably be made in Forge is beyond me. And last but not least, Goalie Sniper states, What do you guys think about having a Battle Royale mode using existing tech? Something to hold off Halo fans until Infinite. Nothing special. Sort of like how ODST was really just released to hold people off until Reach. But obviously way smaller of a project than ODST was. Will. Take it away. What you, you literally just about to talk about it right at the very beginning of this segment. But, uh, why not release something early? Like you said. Yeah, I mean, they, they could release... A BR mode, just like I said, like I was going to say, separate from the game, just to appease people. That's goalie sniper hit it on the head there. It's what I was. I, we talked about that after our last show. Release it early, just to hold people over. Um. But with including it within within infinite, I'm on the side of if it has it and it doesn't take away from anything else. Then what's the problem? Then what's the problem? Um. But so let's again, if we go, if, if we dive into the, the timeline, yes, I think BR is at its prime right now. Yes. Think about it. H1Z1 came out, built some hype. We then had PUBG. That's kind of when it started to spike. Then we had Fortnite, which overtook the world. CODs overtaking, right? Well, Fortnite, I think Fortnite's always going to be on top for a little bit. COD is reaching those levels. Um, I mean, and then you even, have all the other people coming into play who aren't really able to hold a candle to them. Yeah, but they, they are like 
like people have said they're saturating the market. You have like what is it, Ring of Elysium? You have You can snowboard in that game though. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh dope as shit. There's like the the comic one with the Still still haven't fucking played it yet. No. Yeah, the top down one. Top down one, yep. So From Side Night and Happiness. That's it. Um So let's see. If Halo releases fall of twenty nineteen just just speculating. Sure. If if I don't think it's going to happen, but if if they were to come out in 2019, yeah. they might be at the end of the BR. Like do you think BR, like do I think it will continue to be as big as it is? No. But here's okay, here's my thought process. Fortnite uh, so I'm going to go come from my perspective here. Sure. I played Fortnite when it first came out. I played it a lot. I really started to get tired of it. COD came out, reinvigorated my interest. And this is the same trend. PUBG, I spent about a year on. Fortnite came out. Oh, Fortnite, sweet. This is better. I never went back to PUBG. Played Fortnite. COD comes out. I haven't touched Pub or I haven't touched Fortnite since COD's come out. Yeah. COD gets at that end of the year life cycle. Shit. Halo, BR. Something to People are saying that it's going to be too saturated by then. I think with the trends and the way things are going with people's, how people's, uh, what do you want? Attention spans to games. Halo could be right at that mark to be another triple a title that has something interesting. Now, if, do I think they'll include it? They've already said that they're no, they said that the only BR they're, they're thinking about is the battle rifle. And I know, but, but that just for fun, Poll makes me think he's actually looking for analytics on a BR mode. I mean, because the, you put the, the community w- like was rampant on this issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, not issue like on this on this debate on this topic. Like, th- clearly people want it. Clearly people don't. Clearly people don't care. Yeah, based off what we're seeing within that. One poll, one poll, less than 8,000 people in the entire Halo community voted in this poll. Okay. Realistically speaking, it's a small sample size. Our polls are small sample sizes. That is all in relatively speaking to that one. That is also a small sample size. Is it though? It's only Twitter. It was only Twitter. It is only Twitter. That's true. And people were commenting. It doesn't take into account the countless people that play Halo that don't go online very often to talk to other people. Sure. Like there's, there's thousands of players out there who have played or are playing Halo who would be interested in that poll that just didn't see it. And like I said, it's just one fucking sample size. You know, okay. Go ahead. No, no. And I I probably sound like I'm advocating for a BR here. You're fine. Go but ahead. But I'm also I'm also on the standpoint where yeah, BR I mean, BR could be dying out by that point too. Yeah. Um I feel like Halo's not going to include it. I feel like people have the forge aspect if it can be done. I don't know how. I'm not big into forge, but I've never really done much with Forge myself, and I'm not one of those people who's going to go find it. Yeah. If it's not included in the game, I probably won't play it. Sure. So. Um, I just, I don't know what to think about a BR mode at this point. Like I said in the last episode, it should have been released already if they were going to do it because they would have been at the top of the hype train. 
Yep. Um, but if it comes out with it later, like I said, as long as it doesn't affect anything else in the game, I'm fine with it. Here's my question for you. I keep two thoughts keep going back and forth in my mind. You asked me, do I think BR will die out in like two years? I immediately said yes. I'm doubting myself now. I'm going to ask you a question because you play a lot more than I have and the listeners probably have an opinion as well. And I want to know what it is. How competitive, strictly competitive, is Fortnite? Shot registration. All that. How competitive is it? Are you saying like... The re- okay, the well, re- go they, ahead. Ha- they have Bloom. Fuck. Fortnite has Bloom. Okay. Besides your first shot, you have first shot accuracy. Okay. So that's where that comes into play. But that people know that. The building and the edits and using the, the tools they give you is what makes it competitive. Okay. Um, the reason why I asked that question is because you look at Counter-Strike, right? Mm-hmm. A game... That realistically speaking, the only variation is the weapon skin that you get. Yeah. Like, that's it. Maps remain the same. Guns remain the same. The buying system remains the same. The shooting remains the same. Everything across that game has remained the same. Yeah, you had one point, you had Source 1.6 and uh, Global Offensive. And yes, there were variations among those games, but during the competitive life cycle of those games and Global Offensive is still going for a long time, there's not variation within the game itself. So the thing that I keep thinking about is I don't think BR will die. I'm going to go back on what I said. I don't think BR will die within two years, in the next two years, if it remains competitive. So with Fortnite, the thing that I think is great about Fortnite is every game's different. Every single fucking one. You don't know your opponent. You don't know how well of a builder your opponent's going to be. You don't know what loot you're going to get. So on and so forth, right? Now, that all, it's also really shitty because you could get fucked by not getting good enough guns to get you through the rest of the game. And gun skill can only take you so far. You know? Yeah. So, and another reason why Fortnite has remained on top and we've talked about it week in, week out is because every week or all the time, they're constantly updating their game. And the reason why they're constantly updating their game is because they're getting people to buy their shit. And they, uh, they did a couple things on this last update for the competitive side too. Where, Good. Um, they actually have a support, a creator mode I saw that yeah where you can put in a name of another player and support their Fortnite. i don't know how you support them but you do somehow and Good. then now they have um like a in-game competitive mode where you can sign up for tournaments in game and accrue points and whatnot and they they seem to be supporting that competitive side more than the casual side i mean but is there really a casual side like br is sure pretty much strictly competitive every game you don't know who you're going to match up with. And another thing that I, I was seeing within the Twitter responses is that you guys need to release a Halo BR because then all the top streamers will come over and play it. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, they would. 
for a month or less. Because that's what I'm... So right now, Ninja is playing Black Ops. Yep. He's and playing I, Blackout. Blackout, yep. Yeah. And I'm curious to see, because he's he's doing a Doritos Bowl tournament or whatever. Sure. And I'm wondering, is this like a one-time tournament that he's doing, and then he's going back to Fortnite? I don't know, because I feel like his money is in Fortnite. Do you still watch him? No. I was going to ask what his viewer count is when he's playing Blackout. I uh, I saw that he was on it, but I, I haven't tuned in. He has 80 to 100K when he's playing Fortnite at peak hours. At pe- when he's, yeah. And he knows Twitch so well because yeah. I, I did tune in one day when he was playing Fortnite and he only had like 35,000 viewers. Yep. I'm like, this is weird. And he even, he, someone commented on it in his channel and he goes, yeah, I got an, um, I got on late today. I got on an hour after Shroud, an hour after Dr. Disrespect. He's like, I know how Twitch's Twitch works. That's why I don't have any numbers right now. Yep. Like he just, any numbers, thirty five k. Like yeah, right, right. Um, no, I get where he's coming from though. It's all business. It is. It's all business mentality. If you're not on when you're supposed to be on, then shit. I mean, yep. Good luck. Um, no, but like the the point I'm getting at from those responses is, yeah, they will come over, but I, honest to God, don't believe it's going to be for very long. And I know that a lot of them got their starts in Halo, but at the same time. When your viewers are in Fortnite or for in a different game, you're going to go back. And then also the point I was getting about, about the weekly updates or whatever for Fortnite. Mm-hmm. If Halo doesn't have that, like if Halo releases a BR, right? Before or during Infinite, whatever, they release one. If they're not continually updating that game, well, bye-bye everyone. Yeah. Everyone, well, every big person's gone. So really what... What you're saying is you need something to keep the players engaged. Yeah. And I thought I thought that was going to be an issue with Blackout because there was just the mode. There was no there was nothing to keep people coming back until Yet. Oh, what were you what are you going to say? Until this last update they did. I think it was uh Saturday. Yeah, they just released one, yeah. Saturday at, at 12 p.m. Central, they released an update and it includes what they call the black market. And it's a 200 tier, basically free battle pass from taking from, um, from Fortnite. So you you have 200 tiers to work through of, you know, gaining XP and you can unlock emotes, skins, loot. I'm going to call them loot crates because that's basically what they are. You can't pay for them, but you can get these, get an item out of this, you know, randomized item. Wait, is that what you can use your COD points on? Oh, Maybe. Maybe they're going to have... I fucking hope so. I still don't know what I can use those for. I have literally no idea, still, what I use COD points on. But yeah, they have these things in this... I don't know what else... Like, they call it the black market, but I feel like there should be a different name. The blackout market. Blackout, yeah. <laughs> well, you can... I think you can accrue points in multiplayer and... Oh, dope. Blackout for it. Ooh. So you can play either Can I mode. use the stuff in those other modes, though? Like, are they just yeah. weapon skins and whatnot? Weapon skins, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, you, dude. You, can, you can emote in multiplayer, right? I, you, maybe. I don't... I haven't tried. I don't know. Yeah, I think you, you can. I'm pretty sure... I saw you guys saw someone do it. I was playing some S&D with Joey, so... Well, that's um, why it's called the Black Market. Yeah. Black Ops. Black Ops, Black Market, Black... Yeah. Yeah, that's so why. They have the Black Market, which you get all these... And it keeps you coming back to play more and more, so you can... And unlock more and more. And we're not saying that Halo won't have that if they do come out with a BR. We're saying that it needs to. Right. If they want to keep 
these big names coming out to keep that viewership high, to keep people wanting to buy their game and to keep wanting to buy microtransactions. Sure. And that's a whole other topic of discussion in regards to microtransactions and infinite, because they said that there won't be like traditional microtransactions, I think is what they said. There won't be, but if you have a if you have a BR mode, you have to do something to keep people coming back. You have to have balance updates. You have to have new content coming out. I'm gear. I guarantee you, if Fortnite didn't have these seasons, have these battle passes and whatnot, nobody'd be playing that game anymore. It's the new content that keeps people coming back. Exactly. Blackout is new. Blackout has everybody going to it. If Blackout keeps taking content updates. While their while their other studios are working on the next year's game, they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be just fine. I'm wondering if they're gonna do any like so PUBG added a map, right? And that seemed yes, to did. like people didn't like it, and then that made players fall off. And then you have Fortnite, which keeps updating their map. Yes. I like that a lot better. Yep. It keeps a variant, but it keeps from stays familiar. It makes it so everybody knows what to expect sure you know yep. i'm wondering if that what blackout's gonna do with their map choice because i'm at the point like i played hard opening night i played hard the last couple weekends and i'm just like where Maps do i drop now yeah where do i go and, I, and i'm honestly i'm still learning the map like i can't i don't know exactly where everything is yet but like i know the places i like to land that's a whole other topic no, I get it though. It's just the 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 point that we're trying to make and the point that we've said before is that we're fine with it. We're fine with them coming out with one if it doesn't detract from other aspects of the game. And if they do, they need to continually provide updates to it. They can't just put it out there and say, "All right, here you go. You wanted it. You got it." Mhm. No. That's not how this works anymore. Yep, that's not how today's day and age works for games. And I, yes. So if they do do it, that has to be the way, but with going back to it, the timeline and the way things are going, I don't see them doing it. Sure. But like you said too, and like goalie sniper said, if they release one before infinite's release, that could be huge. It could, they it just, could, it could hype people up for infinity even more. Dreamhack Atlanta. Sure. They maybe. drop it right there. Maybe it's available to download and play right now. I doubt it. Oh, I doubt it too. But how crazy would that be? It would be. It would hey, remember be. that poll we put on Twitter? Yeah. Fuck you. You knew it was real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's, you know, that's where I'm going to leave BR. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say great if they have it, as long as it doesn't mess up the rest of the game, but I don't see them having it. That's my thought. Like you said, I think it's a little too, little too late. I think so. Will. Mm hmm. I'm sorry that that uh, that discussion was kind of long in the tooth. A little bit. But we got through it. We did. Together. We included the community. It's what we're built upon. It's good shit. And next week, I can't wait to hear what people's responses for this fucking Halo news are. This is going to be unbelievable. But ladies and gentlemen, we've made it to that point in the episode. The point where I hope you've stuck around and waited because this is going to be the good one. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we present to you the Wes Price Clutch Interview.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, HCS Pro Talk and uh, our very second interview, this time with the man who's done it all, Wes Clutch Price. Wes, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. I had uh, some physical therapy for my shoulder earlier. Um, I'm knocking that out on a daily basis. And other than that, just trying to, to make it every day. Well, you know what? This isn't even a question in the interview, but we're going to ask you anyway. What happened to the shoulder? Uh, I I tore my bicep in my labrum um, a couple months back at work. Long story, and probably don't want to talk about it on a podcast, to be honest. But, um, yeah, just another day in the office, I guess. Well, all right, then. Well, wish you a speedy recovery on that, man. That sounds uh, sounds like it'd be pretty painful, but... It's just going day by day. It's just a process of getting it back to 100%. Sure, sure. All right, so the first question that we have for you is, what is a day in the life of Clutch? Um, A day in the life of Clutch, well, it right now it's consistent of just getting his shoulder ready, but um, before, I was waking up around, I was sleeping in, I was waking up around 10, I'd, I'd hit the gym, Maybe cook some lunch, and for those of you that don't know, I'm a deputy sheriff for Shelby County, the Memphis, Tennessee area. Um, so I would go to patrol from 3 to 11 would be my hours of work, which is like a preferred schedule for me. So like 3 to 11 for me is like the busy shift for the sheriff's office being on patrol. So it keeps me busy. It's definitely interesting. I mean, a day... And and that career can can be very very exciting, and there's a lot that can happen, or it could just be absolutely nothing, and maybe work a couple accidents. But um, yeah, I live just a pretty non-exciting life, I don't think, other than when people choose to make it exciting at work. Uh, I'm very routine. Well, regardless, thank you for keeping your area safe. Hopefully, everybody appreciates it where you're from. I hope most people do, but there's always those outliers. Yeah, of course there always is. There's people in the world. Um, all right. So this is probably going to be self-explanatory, but we have to ask anyway, how did the name clutch come about? Um, it's actually, that's a funny story is I actually stole it from a friend, uh, way back in the day. I, I made my first gamer tag, Mr. McKinnon, which who, was my algebra teacher my freshman year of high school. And you'd have to, and I only was considering playing Xbox Live with like high school friends. So it kind of was like an inside joke. That's um, amazing. And it kind of escalated to the point where I needed to change my gamer tag, obviously. Not to mention, I forgot to say this, but when I made it, Mr. McKinnon, I didn't know that you couldn't change it or like that it costed money to change it. So I kind of just got stuck with it for probably like the <laughs> six months of my Xbox Live career. And um, I was sitting there like, gosh, I got to find a new name. Like, I cannot be, like, just rocking this. Uh, like, Because com- I would play, like, competitive, like, big team battle and, like, competitive team skirmish. And I was like, I got to come up with something, like, new. Like, people are actually starting to call me Mr. McKinnon. Like, ah, something's got to change. So my friend was like, I'm, I'm going to make my gamer tag uh, in the clutch. I was like, nah, dude, you already have one. Let me get that. We came to some agreement. I think, I don't remember how we came to an agreement. We didn't have too much of a fight over it, but I kind of stole it from him. And I went forever as in the clutch. 
And I don't know why I thought that was a cool idea at the time, but uh started making myself a name on the professional scene and I kind of had to shorten it to clutch just because it looked more professional. And uh, I think actually MLG made me change my name to just straight clutch uh, at some point in time. Wow. Was there a reason they made you just shorten it down? Or did they need it to be like a certain length? Or I think it just looked more professional and sure. um, sponsors were coming into the league. I didn't have a problem with it at all, um, to be honest. I'm, I wish I had just originally made it clutch, but obviously as such a generic name um, that I wouldn't have been able to do that with a gamertag anyway, so I would have had to do something. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Was Mr. McKinnon a good teacher? Um, Mr. McKinnon was like a funny story, actually. Uh, Mr. McKinnon, I got to sleep his entire class away because he was like also like the leader of the chess club. And um, he couldn't get people to come to the chess clubs. And he said he made this deal with everybody. He's like, if you can if you come after school to the chess club and you beat me in a game, you'll get an A in the class for the rest of the year. Like, I low-key, like, used to hustle in chess. Like, my dad, like, and I would place a lot growing up and whatnot. So, I, like, showed up, and I kind of cheesed him real fast into a win. And, uh, yeah, I slept the rest of the year. So, it was a it was a win-win for me. Uh, I really couldn't tell you if he was a good teacher, because that was, like, a class I didn't actually take. That is one it's- of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. That's awesome. Oh, my God. That's incredible played the whole thing out that's awesome um yeah, he, he wasn't expecting me to be good or at least as good as him and uh i mean he ate his words pretty fast i don't think anybody else beat him so i was like the only kid that i, I just remember specifically like him handing out tests and me just like putting my head down and waiting for class to be over it was at pretty least, nice at least he owned up to his word too yeah like it'd be a whole other thing if he just decided nah you I mean, yeah, you got me and all, but I know what you did there. You know, he, he held up to his word. He gave you that A. That's awesome. Um, okay. Give us the rundown on Queen Poppy. We Queen Poppy. Oh, that's, that's Popsicle. Queen B over here. She's actually sitting on my bed. That's, um, that's my little girl. She's, uh, my ride or die. She's a pit bull. She's about, she probably weighs about 50 pounds now. She's getting overweight. Uh, now that she's getting into her older years, but I found her downtown uh, one day after work. I was I used to be a bartender downtown. One day after work, I was uh, just walking to my car, and one of the main streets in Memphis is Poplar. Um, it's a big street. It gets it gets to like some bad parts of town as well. And um, I saw this pit bull, and she was in a real rough shape. She had mange. She was real hungry. Um, Really just one of the saddest things I've ever seen. And I've always had a dog in my life. And every dog I've had has been a rescue. And it just happened to be a day. I think it was within like a three-week period where the dog before her had passed away in my life. And I'm just such a big dog person that I saw her immediately and took her home, gave her a bath, gave her some food. And now she's just turned out to be the love of my life. I mean, she's probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. There's been a, a lot of hard times uh, a lot of long days at work. I'll come home and she's the first thing I see. And she's always so excited to see me. And she's as sweet as can be. I know pit bulls get a bad rep a lot, but I mean, I don't understand why. Because after having her, I mean, she's the sweetest dog I ever owned. 
that's that's one of the sweetest things I've ever se- I've ever heard. Yeah, that's no, awesome. and I can uh, I can agree with the with the pit bull thing. My my brother had one, sweetest dog ever. He was he was scared of most things, which was surprising. But yeah, it's kind of sad that they do get that bad name. We gotta be advocates for pit bulls now. There we go. Yep. Um. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations to Queen Poppy for having such an amazing dad as well. Um, Absolutely. She uh she's sitting here chewing on her blanket right now. She's spoiled. <laughs> Okay, so I asked you before we started this interview if you were a Ravens fan. You said you were. So, first general question, do you think they have a shot at the Super Bowl this year? I would say absolutely, as long as they can remain healthy. I think a lot of the past few seasons, people really don't know this unless they follow the Ravens. Like, And no one, no one follows the Ravens unless you're a Ravens fan, really. But we've just been riddled with injuries for so long, it feels like, that... People don't really know who the real Ravens are, and for one, like this is the first time I'd be able to say that we're relatively healthy, and because of that, I think they really do have a chance. We're gonna find out here in the next four games. I know they got uh, New Orleans at home, and then they go to Carolina, and then they have the Bengals and the Steelers back to back. So these four games are gonna be uh, very telling of of who the Ravens really are this year. But I know Joe Flacco gets a bad rep, but I really think that. Um, I, th- I think with his back against the wall this year, he's been playing very well. And now the fact that we have like Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed, you got some weapons that are finally starting to make plays. And then the defense, I mean, the defense speaks for themselves. They're, they're a star set of cast uh, from the D-line all the way back to the safeties. So I'm excited. I, I, my friends all rag me about how average the Ravens are and how they always go eight and eight and how they always upset and, I just want them all to shut up so bad. So I, I, I'm all in on them. See, we're in Minnesota, so we're Vikings fans, and we have yet to get a ring. So we're we're sitting here. Last year, we thought was going to be our year, and then we shit the bed with against the Eagles. So it's like Minnesota sports—they build you up so high, and then just to drop you right down back to earth. So I like what they got up in Minnesota. The only problem you guys are going to have is your offensive line. Oh, yeah, we know. To, oh, yeah. When it comes to late in the postseason, you're going to start playing. Everyone that makes it that far has a good D-line and a good pass rush. And dealing with that is going to be – it's going to be tricky. Um, but they de- I would say Minnesota has some of the best talent in the league. The problem is you got to come out of that. The NFC is just – I, I guess the AFC is tough when you have Kansas City and the Patriots, but I would rather play those teams than play the Rams or Philadelphia. Yeah. Like those those teams, like when it gets late into the year, I mean, at least the Patriots and Kansas City, neither one of them have a defense, so you should be able to score on them. And all you got to do is somehow stop them. Relative, somehow find a way to stop them when you're playing against. The uh, the Rams and Philadelphia, I mean, they just have firepower everywhere. I mean, on offense and defense, they're so much more well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, that, it, it's going to get tough late in the year for sure. Um, it's in that offensive line. It's been killing us already. I think our, our quarterback uh, has been taking enough shots as it is. The, the longer the year goes on, it's just going to – I think it's going to wear us down. I'm just glad I really we do like Eagles Kirk, at home. I really do like Kirk Cousins. Um, I think if – that's a very big upgrade for you guys, um, as far as Case Keenum's concerned. I think Cousins definitely could make that jump from, or would y'all make 
the just the division round last year. Yeah, we made it to we made it to the NFC final. We made it to the okay. Yeah, that NFC was the NFC final. That's right. Okay. But yeah, we uh, we we the got Stephon Diggs play against um, the Saints was pretty nuts too. Oh yeah, oh, the, yeah. the Minneapolis, Minneapolis miracle. miracle that was incredible. Um, but yeah, the when when Keenum got under pressure in that Eagles game, he couldn't figure do out what anything. to do. Yeah, he couldn't do anything, and I think Cousins at least will be able to get rid of the ball quicker, maybe make some more. Um, more precise decisions late. Absolutely, he's he's a lot more talent. He's a better athlete, and he's very smart. I I like Kirk Cousins a lot. Like if you could tell me that he was on the Ravens this year, I think the Ravens would have a real legitimate shot at this Super Bowl. I mean, they have an outside chance, I would say, just because there's a lot of strong teams. But Kirk Cousins definitely improves your odds. How many years do you think Joe Flacco has left? Um, as a Baltimore Raven. Just say as a football player in general. I mean, you look at Tom Brady as well. So I think he'll go and play three or four more years somewhere. I think that's uh, a good. Yeah, I think that's good. Depending on where he goes. I mean, if he goes somewhere with a good offensive line, I think he could have a, a whole other career ahead of him. But as of right now, this is his last year in Baltimore. I think everybody knows it. Um, that being said, I don't. Really, I'm not like a Lamar Jackson truther. I haven't seen him throw well enough to to want him to be a quarterback for my team. Well, here's wishing your Baltimore Ravens the best then, moving on towards moving on forward in the season. Do a Vikings Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl would be awesome. There we go. In which case clutch I'm against you in that point. <laughs> a lot of purple. It'd be in a lot of great purple though. <laughs> a lot of purple rain. Um okay, next question. We see you playing a lot of this thing called fantasy stud. So would you mind explaining what it is? Because based off what I saw, it looks like a cross between poker and fantasy football. Yeah, you're actually hitting the nail on the head right there. Um, it's pretty hard for me to articulate without like visually showing you um, a, a game of it. But I'll do my best here. Um, so a good buddy of mine, uh, old Halo Pro, Swift Kill. Oh, wow. Him, him and some, um, some of his friends decided... To create this new poker slash fantasy football style of uh of game, and what it is is so you sit, imagine yourself sitting down at a poker table, but instead your cards are and you're playing a game of Texas Hold'em, but instead your cards are uh are football players. So you'll sit down at the table, you'll pay an Annie for the first um. The first set of cards, your first set of cards are going to be a quarterback and a running back. And you'll everybody at the table will flip over the cards. Say you get Aaron Rodgers and you get David Johnson. You can either fold or you can uh, buy into your tight end. And if you decide to buy into your tight end, you'll flip over your, t- uh, your tight end. And your tight end will be Jimmy Graham. And once again, you have the option to fold or you can buy in further. Now, if you fold there, you still have an opportunity to win money with your first three cards, or you can um, you can continue to buy in. Uh, you just have hold on. I got lost in my own trains of thought. It's really hard to explain. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> so, so basically, what you're doing is you're getting three receivers, two running backs, a quarterback, and a tight end. And it's you're progressively getting these cards as far as round by round, and each round you're having to buy in. And at the end of it, you'll have a team, and 
you get three swaps and three trades. Now, the point of swapping and trading, uh, you can swap players that you don't feel are going to have a good fantasy week. Or you can trade uh, cards for players on similar teams. Now, there's a bonus of players being on the same team get a 1.25 times the points that they would collect that week. So it's better to have two players on the same team. That being said, three players on the same team gives you a 1.5 times multiplier, and four is a 1.75, and it gets ridiculous at that point because some guy last week had like four Kansas City Chiefs. and Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't even fair. No. But, I mean, that's like getting a full house or something in poker. Um, but it is all relative to the stats on how they do that particular week. So even though you do get four Kansas City Chiefs, you do still have a chance of losing if the Kansas City Chiefs get shut out or whatnot. Right. So it's it's a fantasy football player's uh, heaven, basically, because I'm a, I'm a big poker player as well. So I enjoy both aspects of it, and it's actually pretty fun. Um just keeping track of it and whatnot, especially when you get a bunch of friends in the same game. Because I know my table has like Snipe Down, Ace. I know Assaults on the other table. Like we're all trying to compete against each other, and it's it's a fun way for us to play a weekly fantasy football game while uh, kind of game went on it as well. Yeah, I saw Ryan who been there as well. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Ryan's in there. It's a lot. Amanda, uh, Commander Boom's in there. I mean, definitely similar faces, similar names that everybody knows. And uh, it, it's fun to do with your friends. And there's definitely open tables available every week. I think they just started launching the open tables. We were kind of doing the beta of it. And, okay. I mean, if you're if you're interested in getting some friends and, and winning a couple bucks or just losing a couple bucks, but, like, competing against each other, it's a fun aspect to it. That's awesome. That was a great explanation. That sounds really fun. It does, yeah. I'm going to have to look it's into really, that for sure. It's really easy to fit. It sounds complicated, but once you play it once or once you watch a hand get played, it's really easy to catch on to. Yeah, it sounds great. All right, so we asked Onset the same question, so we're going to ask you as well. You said you, you said you go to the gym, so what's your workout routine? Um... Back when I was able to lift weights before this shoulder injury, uh, I'm a kind of guy that I go to the gym seven days a week, and I know that that's frowned upon, and people will tell, and it actually is uh, worse for you. Like, you need days of rest for your muscles to recover. But I found myself, um, I need to work out on a daily basis. I have, like, it's a stress reliever. It's like a, it's a me time kind of a thing where... If I don't do it, I, I don't feel the same way the entire day than if I were to go work out. So I go, I knock, I knock out one to two body parts a, a day. Normally, I do something like a chest rise or a back bias, things that complement each other, and then legs, obviously. Um, I enjoy lifting heavy weight, man. That's one of my favorite things. I, I try to get as strong as possible. And a lot of people that will lift weights, they do it for different reasons. They either... They either want to look good. They want to be ripped. Uh, I, I've never been like too much of like a diet freak or anything. I don't really watch what I eat to a certain extent. I don't eat terribly, but at the same time, I love food. So I've come to some kind of compromise where like I can I like to I like to be strong, but I don't care to to be ripped or anything. So I work out 
for like the mere fact to set personal goals as far as like I want to I want to be able to like bench this or I want to be able to squat this like amount of weight and and that's like I'm such a goal driven person and I have such an addictive personality and I'm competitive like with myself to the point where it's definitely something I've learned to fall in love with. Awesome. Yeah, we uh we have a gym opening up right down from my house here not in not too long and uh um me and Josh are both skinny lanky dudes and I don't I know I need to start doing something. So I started a- off a skinny lanky dude. I mean <laughs> it it really is just about time and commitment and if if you put both of those in there and I know time's not easy for everybody, especially the older we get, the more busy we are with anything, family, friends, just other priorities, but I mean, commitment. That's the one thing I'll tell anybody. Like, if you if you want to change your life and you want to change how you look, all it does is take commitment. There you go. Hell yeah. Okay, so before I ask this question, I'm going to ask first and foremost: Are you a college football fan? Love college football. Diehard Tennessee fan. Um, my dad played as a running back for the University of Tennessee. Um, he calls himself the last white running back, but <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> but I guess he he hadn't seen Christian McCaffrey uh in the past couple of years. So I he's probably still convinced he's the last white running back, but um yeah, born and raised I was growing the Tennessee games. I know it's been rough for the past probably decade, probably two decades it feels like almost, but we just beat Auburn, so we're back on the map. It's okay. Uh, Minnesota will never really be on the map. So For college football, no. Yeah, we get smoked in Big Ten games left and right. Like, there's no chance for us whatsoever. Um, all right, so RP Common on Twitter asks, the Ole Miss negative 6.5 over Arkansas. Do you want to explain a little bit more on that? Do you know what that's about? Oh yeah, he's a he's a big college fanatic and uh, sports gambler, and I we talk sports all the time. I really don't touch college as much because there's just too much to keep up with and way too many teams. Like the NFL is kind of more my realm of uh, I'll say expertise, but that's a stretch on the the word expertise. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a he's a. I think we got into a big debate over that. Um as far as who was going to win that game. I was trying to tell him that Arkansas had a chance, but he wasn't listening. I actually have no idea what happened in that game either. So it was, uh, I'll quickly touch on it because I looked into it and actually seemed pretty interesting. So Arkansas led 27, 10 in the second quarter. And then, um, they completely blew it in the second half of the game. And it was 37, 33 Ole Miss wins. So they covered. Yeah. But, but was... they, yeah. Arkansas did cover the spread. Heck yeah. That means I go. won that. There you go. Got... Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Barely, but we got it done. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on from college football, uh, the last kind of personal question we have for you is, who and or what is your biggest inspiration in life? Wow. Um, I guess one of my role models is Ray Lewis. Um that's kind of goes takes me back to being a Baltimore fan. Um, he's kind of the reason I'm a Baltimore fan. I st- I started playing middle linebacker at a young age when I started playing football, 
And um, my dad told me to start watching Ray Lewis every game. It was, he had just entered the NFL. And long story short, I ended up watching every Ravens game, rooting for him, just like studying him, basically. And just like the passion that he played with, the, the leadership skills that he brought. I mean, like when Ray Lewis spoke, everyone listened. And it was for a reason. And he backed it up with his own. Like he led by his play as well. He wasn't he wasn't one to pump people up and then not play well or just the way he carries himself, um, the passion he had for what he did. And uh, just the excellence that he brought day in and day out. I mean, that's something that I'll always um, expect of myself, no matter what I do in life. I mean, if people listening to this, if they can remember when I was a Halo player, I was they might have seen me as like a cocky 18-year-old that was loud, obnoxious. Like People have described me with these words, but what they never said is that I was passionate, that I wanted it more. And I mean, yeah, I was probably a little bit too loud and I was probably a little bit too obnoxious, but it wasn't because I was trying to be a little, I'll say shithead, even though I probably shouldn't be cussing on this. But No, we, we do it all the time. Feel free. Okay. Um, I was probably a little shithead more times than not, but nobody was going to out-want it more than me. And I think that's that's led to a lot of the things that I've been successful in life so far is is the fact that I... I just want it more than the other person. And and that's something that I think Ray Lewis gave me. It's a fantastic mindset to have as well. Because when people do watch like the Halo streams and whatnot, and they see people getting up and screaming and whatnot, they don't know the full story behind it. They can only make those assumptions based off what they see on the screen, you know? So you saying that gets a bigger perspective into mind, which is really good to have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough for people to see it both ways. And I understand that. Like, you watch another, per- another person I'm a really big fan of that a lot of people hate is Russell Westbrook. And it's similar uh, similar qualities that him and Ray Lewis share that I've really just been attracted to. As far as, like, Russell Westbrook is, people hate him. And a lot of times he is an asshole. But... And he's not necessarily a leader, but I'll I'll give him this: the man's the hardest trying basketball player on the court at all times. That you're not going to outwork him. You're not going to, and that's something that I w- always, when I did play professionally, or even after my professional career, like in the gym and in any aspect of life, like you need to come. In, I'm under the full understanding: you need to come in with the mindset: do not get outworked. That's not the reason you lose. You lose because you, you the other guy was better. But don't lose because you, you got outworked. It's a great mentality to have. All right. Should we move on to some Halo stuff? Because uh, believe it or not, people... Uh, Clutch here, he was a Halo pro <laughs> at one point in time. Um, so I don't know the context of this question... But somebody on Twitter asked this. If if you don't know what we're talking about, it's fine. We'll move on. But let's see. Mark two four six eight one zero one two one four on Twitter asks asked him about playing the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's a old friend of mine. Uh, one of maniacs like local buddies that I I was fortunate enough to make. Good guy. He's he's talking about that guardian ball play. That's haunted me for my entire career, and that's probably how most people 
uh, remember me for some reason. Um, we were, uh, everybody's seen the clip where neighbor jumps off the top mid into the tree limb and kills me, grabs the ball and ends up miraculously landing it and winning his team, the game and let alone the series, um, all in one. And, uh, I've had plenty of nightmares about it, but there's a lot that goes into that story. Um, we were down 2-0 in the series. We were not coming back. I mean, I know that's a terrible mindset to have. especially. Just, but you're looking at I, it in hindsight, though. You're, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I went pause all three games. Um, I was playing good Halo, but it got overshadowed by a small mistake. I needed to jump off with the ball. But I thought once I put it on that tree limb that there was no way that, like, that was even possible because I don't... At the hours and hours and hours that I put into the game, I had never seen someone jump from top middle into that tree limb, jump off that tree limb, and still be alive and make it on the map. I mean, now everyone knows that the jump's possible, but I didn't. And um, so once I put it on the tree limb, I thought I had played it, really. I thought the game was over, but I thought wrong. And neighbor made a hell of a play. You win some, you lose some. And you won a lot more, so it's okay. Um, That's, that's good to know about that. Uh, so this is kind of like an all-encompassing question. So Sander on Twitter asks, what is your Halo Infinite wish list? Ooh, I haven't been asked that. Um, oh, what do I want? I mean, if I could just... If I could just start spitting, I think a battle royale would be enticing for new fans to bring people in that enjoy battle royales but necessarily aren't Halo people. I think that that would be a very good idea. Um, But obviously we're not talking that as the competitive scene. I think I really want to see a BR as or a rifle as the starting gun. Thank you. I think I... I'm not a fan of the single shots. I mean, I like I like the burst guns. I grew up on Halo 2, Halo 3. Uh, Reach had a DMR, and it wasn't, like, terrible. Uh, obviously, people hated the bloom. I didn't really mind it as much, but I definitely don't want bloom. Um, I want it to be... I mean, if we could just say it, I don't want sprint, but I don't think that that's a... A, I don't know if that'll happen. I, I really am not confident in Sprint not being a part of it, just because it has been a part of it for almost what feels like six, seven years now. So, yeah. so it's almost become part of it. So if we do have Sprint, we do have all these new, same thing aspects as Halo 5 as, in regards to Clamber, in regards to uh, the slides and everything. I, I want it to be uh, magnified. I want it the jumps to be harder. I want more, more possible things so that when we, when we get on a map like Plaza or something, there's like, like difficulty jumps. Like we need to make that a skill variance to where like good players can, can do all this. And then the best players, they can do a whole nother level of that. That needs to either be magnified to the point where uh, the skill really does come out or it needs to be taken a step back that makes sense oh yeah that's a great point. also the snipe 
is way too easy in Halo 5. Absolutely. Um, I, I love snipes. I want to see more... I'll say this. I want to see more symmetrical maps with two snipes on it, but we need to chill out with the auto-aim and the... Uh, um, yeah, the auto-aim with, with the snipe. I mean, you see more no-scopes than you do see people scoped in nowadays um, just due to that. I mean, that never would have split in Halo 3. You always had to quick-scope people and and whatnot, so... Yeah, uh, I'm one of those who, uh, if you give me a sniper in any other game than Halo Five, I'm not hitting those snipes. So, exactly, and and I want to. We need to we need to up the skill with that weapon for sure because oh. it it was something to make a play with snipe and like Halo Three, it was something special, and nowadays it, I do believe that the players nowadays are probably more individually skilled. They are capable of more. But that being said, we're also making it easier for him. It's very true. Um, okay, so you already answered like a couple of these subset questions that we had, but the other ones that we have, uh, we've already asked um, our community these questions as well. We've had polls about these, but should Halo have hit markers? No. All right. Should Halo have, I guarantee this is going to be a no, but should Halo have radar and competitive? No. Should Halo have aim down sights? Ah, oh, that's a tough one. Stumped you a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say no. But okay. the the problem with a lot of those questions is like I'm giving you the simple answer when there's so many details that go into it, like hit markers. Hit markers are. And Halo Three were would have been a travesty, but in a map like on maps like the ones in Halo Five were like there's so many levels and elevations and things that you can get to that it's like it does lessen the skill gap. I'll I'll stop my comments on that. I I don't like hit marker now that I've put a little thought into it. Um, no, you're fine. This is why we asked this, because we wanted your opinion. Somebody who has been a competitive Halo player in uh, not just the classic Halo games, but also Reach as well. So you've you've seen some of this advanced movement as well. You've played with it. Yeah, I don't mind Sprint as much as I mind some things like hit markers, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it takes a level of skill out, and I, I don't like that. And I'm not saying that like I was saying, the players nowadays are definitely, I feel, more skilled. But we're also making the game ten times easier. Now you're just telling them that the guy's no shield instead of... I mean, you had to either know the guy was no shield or you're going to have to turn that corner assuming he's full shield. because, and that, and that changes the way that you can play the situation. Like, Spice... Spice is so fast and the way they play Halo 5 is so quick and overwhelming. But a lot of it is benefited by the way Halo 5 is created. Like, you do have the not only the ability to thrust, slide, jump, clamber, uh, all sorts of ways to get across the map, but, like, if they throw a nade where they know you just spawned, and the nade, one, it hits you, and they know you're no shield, or two, it doesn't hit you, and they know exactly where you are because that nade just blocked off, like, a doorway or whatnot, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, so the game's just becoming a whole lot easier for them. 
Aim down sights, I would say no, but the way that video games are, it's 2018. I mean, they try to make it more realistic. They try to make the graphics better. I think the aim down sights just is a part of that. I don't see them ever going back to a, a game where you're not aiming down the sights just because people are enticed by more realistic things. That makes sense as well. Yeah. Those are great answers. Those are those were answers we haven't received before, just in general. So that was really great to hear. Um, all right, and then the last like overarching Halo question here that we have is: What are your favorite aspects of the Halo franchise? Um, just the, I think Halo is revolutionary with its matchmaking system early on. I think that's what really got me hooked. Um. The skill, obviously, the competitive nature. I'm such a competitive person. Um, I think it really was fueled by the matchmaking system and overall just great games so far. I mean, Halo 2 and 3 were... I don't think anybody has played more Halo 2 or 3 than me when you want to combine the time. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there, but I'm definitely uh, one of the top that just really fell in love with those games that I think there's simplistic factors in, in those two games specific that we're missing out on. And maybe that's because like I was trying to say, it is 28 and we are developing better graphics, better, uh, more detailed maps and whatnot. And with that, it, it's much harder to grasp the simplistic natures of, of the smooth of the old games that we were playing the original Halos. Um, there's nothing better than picking up a snipe and doing work in, in some of the early Halos. And I've never played a game that'll give me that feeling again. I don't think. Um, definitely not anything like Fortnite and whatnot. I know a lot of people are like falling in love with it, but it just doesn't do it for me. It doesn't give me that, that oh, I just made a sick play feeling. I feel you there. I'm not a fan of Fortnite either. That's just me, though. Um, all right. So let's talk about your Halo professional career because you're pretty established in that. Uh, first and foremost, Halo 3, Believe the Hype, MLG Orlando Championships 2009. So there was a kind of a controversy that happened at that event, not with your team, but it was Triggers Down versus Classic. And Triggers Down were about to win their series and Hysteria's Xbox froze and they had to restart the game and they ended up losing. Which they ended up then losing the series. And things did not bode well for Triggers Down for the rest of that tournament. So, hypothetically speaking, okay, I know this tournament was a long time ago. But, if Hysteria's Xbox did not freeze, how far did you potentially see Triggers Down going within the tournament? And would you have been playing against them in the finals instead of Classic? Yeah, I definitely expected to play Triggers down in the finals. Um, that being said, all that happened in winner's bracket, so I don't know who they... I forgot who they lost to. Um, I think it was Instinct, if I remember correctly, in loser's bracket, and we beat Instinct. We we beat Classic fairly easily. I think Classic took, like, one game from us. I mean, we were waiting for them. We can't, we can't win the series for you, Triggers down. Um... <laughs> 
I would I would have loved to have played them. Uh, them being the icons they were in 2009, I do think that they were probably the best team in 2009. But that being said, I mean, it's a that's why we play the game. It, it's it's as simple as that. We we won our series, and and we're sitting in winners finals. We're sitting in the finals of the tournament. Hey, we'll play whoever comes out, um, and I think everybody on my team will tell you. Yeah, I mean. We were as confident to say, like, it don't matter who we play. We, we're not losing this tournament. Like, we we came in with that mindset, and that's how we continued the whole weekend. Um, and I know we were underdogs and whatnot, but we didn't come into that tournament with the mindset we were underdogs. Everybody else in that building probably thought we were underdogs, but us four, we knew what we were capable of. I mean, we had beaten every one of those teams throughout the season. We had beaten an individual series at tournaments. It was just a matter of putting it all together in one weekend. And boy, did you. And you did so handily, like you said. Uh, you beat Classic to send them to the losers it, pretty handily. And then they come back and you just straight whoop them. So how did it feel winning? And then, yeah, let's, we'll just say that. How did it feel winning what was at the time the biggest prize pool in Halo Esports? Yeah, I mean, it was a dream come true. I, I went from... Going to my first event in 2006 and sitting in the fans and watching the Ogres win a tournament and just being the biggest fanboy. And it was like, it was like being at a basketball game or being at a football game um, and watching like just professionals just be the best. And it was eye opening. It was something that I wanted for so long. And I had put so much time into it and so much heart and so much grind and sacrificed so much in my life up to that point that I needed it. I needed validation um, for everything that I had done so far, for everything that I had sacrificed. So it was just such a relief. It was such a... I That has been the best feeling in my life so far today. Um, and, and for people to try and take it away from us as far as um, saying we didn't we didn't get to play triggers down or whatnot. I mean, I, that's a conversation that I'm not ready to have uh, on a broadcast just for how, <laughs> how irritating that is. Cause like yeah. we, when we went to that tournament, we played the, we played the, the fifth seed. We beat them. We played the fourth seed. We beat them. We played the third seed. We beat them. We played the second seed. We beat them. I'm sorry. Triggers down. I don't know what to tell you. You guys lost to soldier one, eight, seven. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, you guys, you guys, like you said, you were there. You did your part. It's it's not your fault they didn't make it there. It's like Baltimore winning the Super Bowl back in the day and being like they didn't play the best team. Not our fault. Let me let me just say this so you don't have to. Anybody who's negative towards you guys winning that tournament, get the fuck out of here with that. Because, <laughs> right. like you said, you showed up, and we're gonna talk about a series later on in this interview where. Again, you said one team definitely showed up, one team did not. And it's all that's all it's about. It's Championship Sunday. If you don't show up, then what the fuck are you doing there? What's the point? Right. So yeah, you clearly did. You won handily. You deserved it. And you hoist that trophy high. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know I, I'm, maybe that came off a little bitter, but no. I'll, I'll say it like this. That's like I said earlier, that's probably one of the greatest accomplishments I'll ever have in my life, and I, I put it up there on a pedestal for sure. 
Good. See, in in the words of Vin Diesel, it doesn't matter if it's by an inch or if it's by a mile. Winning's winning. There you go. It's a Fast and Furious reference if anybody did not understand what that meant. Um, <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then the the last question about this event. Um, how does it feel seeing all these professional players since like 08 and 09 continuing to play at the highest caliber, including former teammates like Demon D on that Believe the Hype roster? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it, it's absolutely just a true testament to their their abilities uh each each as individuals um the fact that demon was able to like come back and and make something after after stopping for so long after stopping for five years it's that he was able to continue his dedication and i know it started off rough because demon didn't just all of a sudden come back and start getting like top six like he has right now um i know it was there was definitely times where he had to doubt himself and had to had to really like question what he was doing, but uh, it's amazing seeing it pay off for him. Um, and and I'll speak on the the two most influential people um, that ate in my Halo career, Snakebite and Royal Two, um, two past teammates of mine. Um, if you had told me when I decided to the team with Royal Two and Snakebite that they were going to turn their careers into what they've done, I would have not believed you i uh, that's for sure i mean two special players and I, I really did see a lot of talent in them um from day one of teaming with them but they've really taken it and run with it and and they've turned it into i'll, I'll go ahead and say they're probably going to end up being the greatest duo in halo history and i'm going to get flamed for ogres and boy and lunch fanboys but i mean these guys are these two are just something else and they'll be at the top as long as they want to be at the top. They're, they're gifted. There's no other way to put it. They're gifted and they, and they work hard. Um, it's, it's amazing what they've been able to accomplish. So we have more questions in regards to those two in just a little bit. So save some of those thoughts. Um, but the last question, not really in regards to this event, but, Considering the success that you've had and whatnot, when Infinite comes out, are you thinking about picking up the sticks? I think my my playing days are over. I'm very comfortable with how I my career went. Um, I was very fortunate to win a national championship. To make to get second at another national championship, but. My mindset is, like I've said this entire interview, um, my mindset's all or nothing. And if I wasn't able to 24-7 eat, sleep, drink Halo Infinite, then I wouldn't be able to do it. I, I couldn't do that to myself. If I, if I was going to try to compete, I would have had to have done it for a living, basically. And... I don't see myself ever having the kind of time or passion or dedication that it would take to really to really be in it like I was at one point. And for me not to even for me to think that I'm not going to do it, I already know it's not for me. That being said, 
I love being a part of the Halo scenes. I love being on the analyst desk every event. I love still going to these tournaments and just watching the competition unfold. I mean, yeah, there is a little piece of me that's like meaning to pick up a controller, but at the same time, I'm very aware of where I am um, in life, I'll say. Wisely said. Wisely said indeed. All right, so keep keep a little bit of that in mind as well because we have another question in regards to time and dedication towards professional Halo coming on later. But you already hinted at this, the second place finish at uh, MLG Providence Championships 2011 for Halo Reach on the Warriors squad. And again, in regards to Royal 2 and Snakebite, what made you want to team with them in the first place? Way back uh, then. That's actually a, a pretty funny story. So, um, Royal 2 and I teamed a tournament before we teamed with Snakebite and Dursky. And we teamed with um, Best Man and Arcanum. And Arcanum actually went to jail that tournament. Long story. Uh, oh my god. Up, <laughs> yeah, we ended up forfeiting uh, a few matches. And when I say a few matches, I mean like every match in pool play we forfeited. And oh, uh, so it was not a good tournament. And we ended up getting top 12. And we were probably capable of top six, top four with that team. I mean, I'm not going to say we were a top four team at the event, but I think we could have placed there. I think we definitely could create upsets. Um, but mistakes were made. And um, that team did not stick together because of them. But before I'll back this up just a second. And before I teamed with Royal 2, I had left the team. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I had played Royal 2 twice the tournament before. I had played Royal 2 a thousand times online because he was, he was also a grinder. Like I was playing him in matchmaking. I'd scrim his teams. They were always trying to play. And it, he just stuck out to me. I'm like, this kid has skill. I'm like he might not. At that point in time, he might not understand the best, most effective ways to play Halo, more most efficient ways, I'll say. But the kid had it. The kid could make plays with his individual skill, and I was like, if I can like help this kid, like direct him in the right way, he's going to be something special. So it was pretty obvious to me early on that Royal Two was uh, was going to be something special talent wise. And we teamed for that event with uh, Arcanum and Bestman. Things didn't go the way we uh, planned. And Royal 2 and I were talking, and we're like, we weren't sure what we were going to do. But we knew we were not going to team with Arcanum. Um, we wanted to team with Bestman, but we were looking at other, at everybody. And um, Snakebite and Dursky were getting a couple of offers as well. So I call Snakebite. I'd always had a lot of respect for Snakebite as well. Another another player that I really thought had what it took to be on one of the like top tier teams, but he needed more direction. He needed to play more efficient Halo because like his individual skill, just like Royal Twos, would stick out on a scrim by scrim basis. Like you would get in DMR fights with him, or like he would make plays with the snipe, and you're like, well, like dang, he just hit that shot. Like what the. Like, you get angry and you tell me it's better online and stuff, and everybody was doing it. But at some point, you got to, like, grab a couple of these online kids that are really, really skillful, and you just hope they turn out at events like they do. 
and um, I called up Snakebite, and he was like telling me what he was th- thinking and his options, and he's like, "I'm teaming with Dursky no matter what." He's like, "I want to team with you, but I'm not sure about Royal Two. I'm not sure if he's good or not." And I was like, "What? Like you don't think Royal Two is good?" And he's like, "Hey." He had just never seen Royal 2 really play at a tournament. He knew he was good online. Everybody at that time knew Royal 2 was good online. But I had to really, like, convince Snakebite. And he's like, I don't know, man. I'll think about it. I'm like, I'm telling you. I just teamed with this kid at a tournament. He was playing lights out. Like, he's good. Just trust me. And, like, Snakebite jumped off the ledge. Like, took that leap of faith and believed what I was telling him about Royal 2. So I, I remember having, like, 15, 20-minute conversation with him, like, Basically, just telling him, like, run games. Like, you'll see it for yourself. Because Royal 2 was doing things back then that nobody was doing in Reach. Like, people talk about formal and whatnot. They didn't have it. None of those guys had anything on what Royal 2 was pulling off in scripts. It, it, it was unreal. The guy was a human highlight reel. And so we, we formed this team. We grinded. We really practiced. Um, we did really well online. And the two tournaments we went to, we got third, and then we got second. And we probably had a chance to win the one we got third at, but we went to a game 11 and losing finals and and just lost like 50-47 or something um, to the team that ended up winning. So or I think it was to Lethal's team. They might have got second. But yeah, that second place in Nats 2011, that really is a tournament that I don't want to say haunts me because... That instinct team was so good in the finals, but that Warriors team was special. And we needed to win a tournament to put our names down in history, but we were, that was a special team. And um, I would have done anything for those guys. And if it, it would have meant, obviously, Royal 2 and Snakebite have come so far and have so many accolades now to their Halo career, but they, that national championship would have been special for them, and I and I wanted it to to be special for us as a team. I'll say. Well, I think it was still definitely special for them as a whole, especially considering you being the coach of both of them on that CLG roster that won worlds that we'll talk about in a little bit. But you guys obviously have tenure together. You guys obviously respect each other, and I think if if uh, Snakebite didn't really believe the hype on Royal Two. Huh. Yeah, that was you a terrible pun. I, I, yeah, I fucking went uh, there. He went there. Yep. See, I hate puns, but I always have to like try to slip one in there, and that one was just sticking with me the entire time. Got to do it. Um, no, I'm. I obviously I'm happy you 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 guys both took a chance on Royal Two, and we obviously see the fruits of their labor as they continued on in their careers, and it's yeah, it's just great to see. Um, okay, so let's talk about Halo Five now. World Championships 2016, you guys get a first place finish with that CLG roster. So coaching CLG, still with Royal 2 and Snakebite, again, you said that winning that national championship was the biggest highlight of your career. How did it feel winning, and again, very handily, the first ever Halo World Championship title alongside your teammates Royal 2 and Snakebite? Yeah, I say the Nationals 09 was... One of the greatest accomplishments, uh, like, was my ac- premier accolade, I'll say, just because I was a player. Um, as a coach, it was 
I had to come in with a different mindset. Don't get me wrong. I wanted it and I did work, but it's a whole different world than playing. You do so much more as a player, obviously, than you can do as a coach. Um, but coaching those guys to the first world championship, it wasn't really about any, I never thought twice about me winning a world championship. It was more of like an unfinished business with those two. It was like, we didn't win that nationals 2011 and that kind of like bothered me. So anything I could do to help these guys win this world championship, I feel like it was going to fill in that, uh, that gap that we left open, uh, back then. And it really was just about trying, doing whatever I can do to, to watch two of my best friends succeed. And it, I was fortunate enough to be a part of it and help them, but I'd be naive to say that they they were so determined and so dominant that I think that they could have and would have done it eventually. I'm glad you didn't sell yourself short there because people don't realize what it takes to be a coach on any professional team in that regard. So I think you definitely had a hand in them taking home that W and uh, my, uh, I don't know if, I mean, you, your knowledge is wide. Um, do you remember the practice regime that was done in preparation for worlds 2016? I mean, those guys fight every single day, uh, every day they could, they would scrim, they would go over theater. I, the game was still fresh to them then. And um, any, any practice they put in, they were learning every day. And that's, when a game's out for its first year, now you now you see Halo 5's been out for three years, and they pretty much figured out how they're going to be playing, and now it's just small details. Back then, it was revolutionary. to Their play style was revolutionary. They were playing so much faster than anyone back then. They were playing so much more dominant. They were... They had really taken advantage of, of the time that they had put in to the game in the first year, and, and it showed. Um, but yeah, it, it was all about something that Snakebite, I'm not going to tell him that he learned this from me, but something that Snakebite really probably did take from us teaming in the past is always look to be revolutionary. Um, just because you run the flag through camo on pit because it's the most direct route doesn't mean it's always the best or doesn't mean it's the, always the most efficient. Uh, d- depending on whatever variables might be um, might be before you in that situation. So he's taken that to a whole new level, and especially in Halo 5, I mean, he was... Him and that whole CLG team were so revolutionary in regards to figuring out the more efficient way to play these games, and, and their dominance spoke, uh, spoke of that early on. All right. Um I did I didn't include this question, but it just popped into my head because I'm curious now. So Lethal left EG to join that CLG roster that ended up winning worlds. Is the beef between Snipedown and Lethal real? Um on Snipedown side, I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, Lethal probably 
doesn't care too much. He he doesn't care about a lot of things too much. Uh, not to sell him short or anything, but um, obviously he's comfortable with the decision he made. Why would he too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he knows he made the right decision and everything. Um, I don't think he he probably if there is drama between the two, I don't know that there is anymore. I know at first it was kind of like a salty thing because yeah, I'd be upset too if I I had a teammate leave me after such a dominant Halo H2A um, path. It was kind of like when BTH broke up um, after 2009. Like We won the tournament. We won Nationals 2009 and then we, we never teamed again. Um, Cloud got an offer from Instinct and then the other two got um, a pretty good offer from two other people and I found myself the odd man out. Um, I didn't hate them, but yeah, I wish we were still teaming, and yeah, I wanted to beat them every single time. Um, I I would say it's probably that drama is definitely played out, but at the time, Snipedown's definitely not the kind of person he kind of has the same mentality as me as far as if you're not with me, you're against me, and um, that's the aspect he took. The outlook he took on it. I think Lethal ended up getting the better hand so far, obviously. But uh, those guys have been playing for a long time, and I'm sure they're going to continue to play for a long time. So we'll see what happens in the future. Yep, I think you guys definitely got the better end of that stick as well. Um, Okay, so moving on from events themselves, let's just talk about playing, coaching, and casting now. So for the aspect of playing in competitive Halo, what did you do to better yourself as a professional player? Uh, played every day for way too many hours. Um, but not only are you just playing, you gotta learn from your play. You can't, you can't just play matchmaking, um, and get into bad habits and and be lazy with your shot because you're playing against subpar players. You have to, you have to try every game to improve. You have to find little nuances that that really stick out and like. It sounds corny, but the the smallest details make the biggest differences, and they always have in in any aspect. I mean, like people say that about like football's a game of inches, like Halo's a game of of centimeters, if that's the fact. Because like where you had your reticle the, before this fight started, like could have put you at a disadvantage. As simple as like that aspect, like why. Did you waste your nade here? Just small, small things, and and you learn by, by one putting your one hundred percent effort into into your, your craft. You you gotta you gotta try your hardest, and then if you did make mistakes, go back and watch those in theater and and learn from them. What could you have done? What what didn't you do that you could have done? What would have worked in this situation? If it's if you very rarely are losing Halo games because at a top level because your shot was off. Like your shot, my shot was always the last thing I worried about. I was more concerned with like, did I position myself better? Like, was I ready for like, did I predict the guy? Was I ready for him? Why wasn't I ready for him? Like, how did he get here to this position where I wasn't ready for him? Like, just simple things like that. Like, 
top tier Halo does not come down to who has the better shot most of the time. I mean, yeah, it, it helps to have a dominant shot like Formal Snipe Down, Royal 2, but you've seen plenty of people like Ryan Noob and and whatnot have like a ton of success just with with the little things that they the other aspects of Halo. And that's like what you need to do when you're when you're practicing um on a daily basis. Just pay more and more attention to those and they become second nature. Very well said. So talked about what you do as a player. What did you do to better yourself as a teammate? Um you gotta lead by example. So how could I expect my teammates to be on time for practice if I'm not on time for practice? How could I expect my teammates to go over stuff if I'm not going over stuff? Um it's basically you got to be the teammate that you want. And a lot of times you don't get those in Halo. A lot of times you do get teammates that are not giving it the same effort you are. And, and that really will speak to the team success. A lot of the times, I mean, you see teams like Tox that really do put in the time and the effort, all four of them. And, um, it pays off. And I think their, their Halo five careers and their bank accounts will speak for that. But I mean, you also have people like Spice that are pretty damn dominant and, and not people that I would have ideally teamed with as far as like practice regimen and all that. I mean, that blows my mind still that they can be that dominant without any preparation. Um, but I mean, as a teammate, you always just want to be open to criticism as well. That's another thing a lot of people struggle with is being so strong headed and so self confident that you really lose track of who, where the misplay was made. Like that, you always want to point the finger at yourself before you point it at one of your teammates. If, if you mess up and then your team loses the game because of it, like that's on you. And, and owning that is, is a big aspect that a lot of people have trouble with in the Halo community. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic response. And then finally, this three-part question. Uh, what did you do to better yourself outside of the game? Um, good question. I think... Something that really helped me towards the end of my Halo career that like kind of gave me a second life was I started to work out. And then I know that sounds like really odd, but like releasing those endorphins and whatnot, like in the gym, I, I think helped clear my mind uh, for for better play. And I think I really did improve the more the better shape I was in. The, the better Halo I could play, the more clear my mind would think, the better my reaction time was. Eating healthier foods even helps. Um, it, it's so easy to fall into a, an energy drink, um, fast food lifestyle when you're a professional video game player, aspiring to be. Like I remember when I was in a freshman in college and I was eating Wendy's, McDonald's, 
uh, Taco Bell, whatever I wanted, but I made it quick and I wanted to get right back on and play. Um, and it kind of fell into a cycle. Not only was it expensive, but it was detrimental to um, your health. I think that's a really underrated aspect that that a lot of people would probably don't even like consider when they're um, when they're gaming like eight to ten hours a day, and they're having to cook their own dinner. That they're they're much rather taking the easy way out when in reality, it really can affect your ability to to play well and to be in a good mood and to and to give yourself the best chance to perform at the top level. Yeah, it's a great way to look at it because what a lot of people don't realize or from the outside looking in when they think of somebody playing, "Oh, you play a competitive video game, you must just sit on your ass all day and not Eat actually hot pockets." Exactly, right? When realistically we're not that's not the trend that we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of people get more and more into fitness. And yeah, it's, it makes like Will and myself want to do it more obviously as well. I mean, we have our full-time jobs and whatnot, but you're right. It's like what you said before, it's finding that time to better yourself. So very well said. Thank you. No problem. And then the last part about playing the last question we have is it kind of just an all encompassing. What advice would you give to those looking to get their start in competitive gaming as a whole. If you're trying to compete in video games, um, I said this towards the beginning of this uh, podcast, but if if your head's not in it, if you're not willing to make sacrifices, if you're not willing, if you're not passionate about it, you don't have a chance. Um, you need to... I'm into it with 100% because what I can guarantee you is that there's somebody else out there that is going to be 100% and you're going to play them at a tournament and it's really going to show the difference. It's it's fun. I love doing it. It's great to be the best, but it you have to realize what it takes to be the best. And, and you need to come into it with a positive at, attitude every day. It's really easy to fall into a a negative attitude and start saying like this game sucks or like this is bullshit or um just various like bad moves can kill you positive vibes always that's something dursky really uh used to preach and you got to be willing to, to go through the grind there's a light at the end of the tunnel but you got to be willing to drive through the tunnel first maybe that's why on Twitter and other social media, I don't see a lot of negativity coming from their members on talks. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're beyond that. Um, something I know we've been gassing up talks this whole interview pretty much. No, you're fine. Well, they deserve it. Well-deserved. Um, two net, two world championships later. Um, those guys are the epitome of what it means to be a professional. And I mean, they have their days and scrims where they'll complain and whatnot, and that's that's gonna happen. Um, but they don't fall into that habit. They they do sacrifice more things than anybody can really imagine, because this is their life. And I know they're getting paid good money to do it, but that, there's still sacrifices being made by those guys. And you don't see a lot of other people making that, and you don't see a lot of other people having the success that they have. So, if for me. Uh, going back on that 
it, for me to try and uh, pick someone's brain on why they're getting into competitive gaming, my mindset was you, you're either first or you're last. And I, I hate quoting Ricky Bobby himself, but <laughs> but that's the that's the mindset I always had. Like, yeah, I know I won one tournament. But every single tournament I lost, especially when I got second, it was a heartbreaker. It it drove me crazy. I lost sleep every tournament because I did not win. It was one tournament I slept good. And that being said, I mean, that's, that's the kind of competitive mindset you have to have. So if you have that in you, and you have the drive, and you have the time, and you want to be the best and go for it. But and that, that just proved that you poured everything into it as well. Right, you just got to check those boxes before you even get started. And like you said, sure, teams can complain during scrims and whatnot, but it's when it comes game time, they're putting in 120%, no matter what. And I bet if they didn't love the game anymore, then they'd stop playing it. So the fact that they still have that drive, they still have that dedication, they still have that want to win, must mean that they still have the love for the game regardless. Absolutely. All right, so... Talked about it briefly a little bit earlier, but coaching. So what a lot of people don't understand is the importance of having a coach on their team when competing. Therefore, what does a coach bring to the table that the players cannot handle themselves? Coaches can create a sense of balance amongst chaos, I'll say. And what I mean by that is when I can see something happening way before the players see it happening in regards to like all four of us dying at the same time or whatnot. So if I see that one player is in a terrible position and he's probably going to die out of it, like you relay the message like to the other people that may be in a better position, like, Hey, you guys need to stay alive. Um, like we need to be on the defensive end. Re like keywords like reset or like hold it, hold this position or like simple things uh, that, to just like remind a player to just like that they need to start playing passive for this for these next couple of seconds because they are going to be put on their back foot. And that's really important for um, players to hear in amongst the chaos of a of a top level Halo Halo game. Um, I mean, yeah, they do weapon timers and and whatnot and uh, keeping track of numbers like how many on the other team are dead, but it's more important that your team feels comfortable in the game. And you can you can definitely hear that and see it uh, happening as the game's going on from a coach's point of view because you can see all four screens. You can see if everyone's chaotic and we're not really working together or do, do we have control of the map or do we have control of what we want to control at this point in time uh, enough to, to get out of it. And... There's a very fine line between um, being in control and, and complete chaos in Halo. And you do not win many games when, when things are chaotic and you find yourself um, not getting help when you were expecting help and whatnot because of it. So it's about helping the, the four players really maintain focus and control of the game even when at a disadvantage. What separates a good coach from a great coach? I think a good coach is 
relatively focused on um, what's happening, and a great coach is focused on what's going to happen. Um, where where are they going to be spawning? Where are they going to be coming from? What do we need to be watching? Um, like what out like are are alleys being watched? Like cutoffs and whatnot. Like are we able to run this flag again? Or a, a good coach will will keep track of where they are now. A great coach will tell you where they're going. That's a great answer. I was excited for that one. Um, okay. We talked about you playing professionally. We talked about you coaching professionally. Let's talk about you casting professionally. Halo World Championship 2018 Finals. Infused versus Oxygen Supremacy. I, I specifically pulled out this series for what, what what you've said. One of the greatest things about seeing you casting is that you basically just tell it how it is. During this series in particular, after Oxygen Supremacy got 3-0'd by Infused, you went into detail on how Oxygen Supremacy really had the Slayer on the rig game in their hands, but fell short due to not pushing when they had numbers advantage. You're also critical on Infused due to them not showing you what, that they had more than top 4 potential. So what I'm getting at is, what is your mindset when explaining these plays and situations to those watching at home, and what gives you that confidence to be so critical on these teams and players? I think it all stems of where I've been and the fact that I've been in their shoes. I've, I've seen what they've seen. I've been in that situation and, uh, that specific game, oxygen supremacy and infused. Um, I'll never forget that situation. Just watching it. Um, and I wasn't even playing in it. I was just sitting there watching a game of halo. Um, you gotta, you can't be scared to be the guy that makes the play. And I, you, I've been in enough 48, 48 games, 49, 49 games to where the second that you are waiting for someone on your team to make a play, you already messed up. Um, that that ran I went on, uh, obviously I felt pretty one-sided about it. Um, those, it's, those guys have been playing professional Halo for too long to let something like that slip out of their hand at, at a tournament like the one they were at. Um, and it, it just kills me watching that, knowing that. Um, I mean, I know there's got to be a winner and a loser to every game, but you got to take advantage of the, the moments that you're given. Because you're not... There's only so few of opportunities. You only get 15 minutes of fame. And that's only if you walk out on stage, I guess. I mean, you got to, like, like I'm saying, you got to take advantage of, of situations that you get put in, especially advantageous situations uh, like that Oxygen Supremacy roster found themselves in, but nobody was willing to make a play there um, or make the right call, I'll say, as a team. And they were punished for it, and I'm sure they still think about it I mean, it, it's been a couple of years, so, or I'm, it's been some time, I'll say. So maybe they, uh, maybe they've gotten over it, but still, I mean, that's always going to linger. I, I look back on my Halo career, and I, I wish I had played the ball. I wish there were definitely games, moments in games where I wish I could go back and be like, I should have done this, uh, like, 
and it, it just drives you crazy. So I hate seeing that for him, but it's part of Halo. It's part of part of playing the game. And see, we we know they're going to be critical on themselves, but from a casting perspective, how are we to see that critical aspect unless somebody talks about it? So I don't think. I didn't look at it in a rant mentality when you were talking about it. I looked at it as how am I going to see these bad plays? How am I going to see these areas to progress if somebody doesn't talk about them? So the fact that you've brought not only that series up, but other series as well, not only during that tournament, but other tournaments as well, it lets the viewers and the listeners at home a kind of insight as to what it's like to be that player, what they're thinking in that in that instance, what they should have done, so maybe they can bring that to their gameplay moving forward. So in other words, thank you for being critical about that, because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's we always highlight the plays that are being made, and it's very rare that we highlight the mistakes that are being made, or the, the potential plays that were there that, that didn't happen because... Somebody, somebody let up, or somebody missed a, an opportunity, and it's like using sports reference is easy, but it's like um, real easy to tell you when Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown. It's a lot harder to tell you Aaron Rodgers didn't see the guy running down the field wide open or something. Exactly, couldn't have said it better myself. That was great. Um. And then Will included this question. Out of playing, coaching, and casting, which one has been your absolute favorite? I think I'll always have a soft spot for being a player. Um, yeah. Just being so competitive, it, it really did um, give me a, a an opportunity to, to find or to feed my competitive drive for so long. Um, that being said, I'm really still new to being on the analyst desk and being with the casters, and and I'm loving life there. I'm enjoying it. I'm, it's the easiest. People ask me what it's like. People ask me if it's hard. I'm like, it's the easiest thing I could ever do in my life because all I have to do is tell you my opinion. Like, I might be wrong, but I'm going to be honest with you, and I, I'm very opinionated when it comes down to it. I think no one will ever tell you otherwise as far as that's concerned. But um, I'll definitely definitely give you my point of view, um, which you might like, you might not like, but that's what I'm here for. Sometimes you just got to hear the hard truth. And you, like I think I speak for Will and myself when I say that you've been doing an incredible job on the, on the analyst desk already. Um, but then like, when casting matches and whatnot too, to make another sports reference, like Tony Romo now being a broadcaster, he brings that player mentality as well. He points out those plays that some of us would normally miss because we don't have that mentality. So you bringing that player mentality as well helps us at home see those plays that are either being hit or missed. Absolutely. Um, it's funny you bring bring that up because like when people ask me, they're like, like, what is it you do with these things? I'm like, I'm basically like a like a Tony Romo, basically, because <laughs> I can like yeah. call something before it happens, 
and it's gonna happen and then i'm like yep that was pretty easy yeah that blows people's minds (laughs) yeah and like when i i literally watch football games now and like tony Romo will be like danos he's like watch this they're gonna throw a naked bootleg out to the like to the left here (laughs) like what do you know it happens i'm just sitting there jesus christ i mean like this guy this guy's knowledge of football is out of out of this world but and it it feels nice to like know that much about anything in life um so at at least i can put it to use yeah you're doing a great job so please keep it up because having your voice in that mix as well i've been waiting for something for someone like you to come along for a very long time in professional halo casting so seriously from the bottom of my heart thank you um, no problem at all all right we have a few just a few more topics to, uh to have, that we have questions on so hcs finals in atlanta we obviously have to talk about predictions so but there's there's technically two events going on now so first and foremost what team do you think is going to win the halo 5 event Oh, this is going to be public. This is going to be public, indeed. I just... I think Spice wins. I don't... I hate saying <laughs> that. Because Tox is going to actually roast me for this. Because I'm such close friends with him. But... They're your feelings. I, obviously, I didn't go to London. And... um, Tox was able to pull it out. But yeah, they did really well. Frosty just played some amazing Halo there, and mm-hmm. Shotzi really had his first bad event that I can remember. And that combination of that is what I really think helped, um, help Tox come out with a win. And I don't know if that'll ever happen again. Renegade I did not look happy after that last series. Did not. Um, Not at all. That being said, like I know Splice is trying to play Call of Duty, and I know Frosty's trying to play Call of Duty, and that aspect of it could change a whole lot. Like if they're not playing Halo coming up to this event, it's one thing to it's one thing for Splice not to play Halo. It's a completely different thing to be focused on learning another video game and and mastering that video game. And and still to try and show up with the same level of um, skill that they're going to try and show up with at this Halo tournament. I if I would not be surprised at all if you told me Splice got like top four um, at this next tournament because of how much time that they they've got to be putting into Call of Duty if they're actually taking it serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Frosty's going to be forced to play Halo by Tox and the fact that they practice so often. So he'll still be playing. He'll be better off than Splice will. Splice might just cold turkey not be playing Halo, which I could very well believe. So I'm going to change my vote. I'm going with Tox now that I've like kind of talked myself through that. And I... You can see my aspect outlook on it. I mean, like if Spice continues to play Halo, I think they have a pretty good chance of winning. But I don't think that they're going to. It would not surprise me at all if this was a tournament that neither one of those two teams won. 
And I know that hasn't happened for a long time, and I'm not trying to be hot take uh, Tim over here. No, you're fine. But if there was a tournament for someone else to win, like like a, um, who is it, Renegades or... um, Reciprocity? (laughs) Reciprocity. This would probably be the tournament that they could win. Just due to lack of effort on the other dominant team's sides. But we'll have to see. So tying into that, do you see any potential upsets coming? Besides like Renegades or uh, Reciprocity? Absolutely. I think this is the tournament for upsets because Call of Duty came out and it really just throws a wrench into everybody's um, everybody's schedule everybody's routine everybody's will to to master halo 5 i mean the game's been out for three years i know a lot can't change but at the same time if you don't stay sharp you're you're gonna fall off um there are really only four teams that are competing at these tournaments though as far as like who's gonna win so i do think it just comes down to splice talks reciprocity and renegades um but you saw renegades win that online qualifier the other day and um yeah tox is blaming that dude online and whatnot but they better be careful because i could see something like that happening at a real tournament very shortly i could just tell that apg had that fire in them like like you it was like what you said when you were talking about that 2009 uh believe the hype national championship win you had that feeling that no one was going to take you down in that tournament it's like i know it was only a 2k but hey a win's a win and like i said it's like apg had that fire in them so yeah, we'll just have to wait it, and see what renegades do we'll have to wait um okay this is the real tournament that matters though the halo 3 2v2 showdown is happening that same event so Let's let's start with this. Considering we don't have rosters at this time that are going into the event, which two players would you want to see come into this event and win the entire tournament? Which two do I want to see come in and win? Yep. I gotta take a look at the people playing in it. I know Best Man and Neighbor are playing in it. Yep. I want obviously I want like some old school Halo pros to win just because one they're friends of mine and I want them to take one for the Gipper over there and um and just solidify the fact that they still have it. I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I think there's some of these players that have been really grinding uh Halo three for like over almost over a year now I'd say. Um, on MCC, I think one of them are going to win it. This Gabriel and uh, Fantasy, um, they're taking it serious. I think they're taking it a lot more serious than a lot of the Halo, old Halo 3 pros that are coming in. So I think that they're going to win it. Uh, they they played really well in that last qualifier, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they're practicing. And I'm never one to root against someone that's willing to put the time in. Because that's somebody that I was back then. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they're the team that I want to win. All right. So 
I have to ask. I don't know if you can or cannot, but I'm just going to ask. Are you planning on competing? Uh, I think I'll have to be working um, during that time. And I only have one 2v2 partner, and that's Cloud. And we'd run the table if <laughs> yes. we played in it. So I I don't know if they're going to let me win tournaments and uh, work the event. <laughs> I think that like that would be a conflict of uh, interest for them or something. I'm sure they'd be having to file some kind of paperwork under that. So <laughs> Let just, the record uh, show that you'd be running yeah, the clinic, let, though, let, for sure. Let the record show that Cloud and I used to run twos back in Halo 3 in Reach, and um, we ain't scared of competition, so. Well, neighbor and best man better be running in their fucking boots, because if you guys were coming, it'd be over. Oh, uh, they- they wouldn't make it to us. Oh, oh there it is. There it is. Somebody's All Xbox right. would freeze again or something. Oh, my God. It's amazing. All right. So here's another fun one for you, okay? Because I said we, but I want to see it back more than anything in the world. And since we asked Onset the same thing, here's a hypothetical question. DreamHack Atlanta, HCS Finals 2018, the return of the caster match. You get to pick your team and the Halo game that's played. So out of all the casters for the event, who is on your team, what a Halo is being played, and why? What did Onset say to this? Will, do you remember? I can't remember off the top of my head here. Well, he said he'd go against Lottie, like, obviously. Yeah. And then... um, Lottie won't even be in the match. uh, I think he said Wonderboy was going to be on his team. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. uh, We're playing Halo 3 first off. Um, oh, and he said he said he did not want Walshy. He said that he said that yeah. basically Walshy's washed at this point. Okay, okay. <laughs> so he he went a comical route. Um, I'm going for the win here. So we're playing Halo Three. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be um, strong side. I gotta get my guy on here. Um, give me. Am I stacking teams or do I just get like, or am I staggering these picks? Onset, I'll take Onset on my too. That's the homie. Um, you can I, have whatever you want. It's all your choice. Okay. This is all hypothetical. I just want to see the fucking thing happen again. That's I, all I want. I got to think about who we're playing. All right, so we'll be playing like Bravo. Me, Onset, Side, and Bravo would be my team. And I say that because uh, those are. Some of my better friends that I've just bonded really well with this past year, and I think it would be a blast. We actually had a caster match at... It might have been Seattle, but... Um, Onset said that you guys couldn't show it because of the language that was used. Yeah, um, they tried talking smack to us, I think, and <laughs> re- regretted it because I remember... I, I think it was me, Side, Onset, and I forgot who our four was but we we cleaned house um they didn't have a chance smacked around elamite smacked around walsh and uh gb gb was running his mouth so we had to put gb in his place <laughs> everybody puts gb in his place right it's like gb you don't even play halo dude get out of here <laughs> uh, i'm just kidding he's a, he's such a good guy uh, oh yeah we know but, it's all in fun but he brings it upon himself all right and he knows it that's awesome 
All right, so who who are you running the clinic against here? Oh, in a dream, we got the dream team, and we're gonna be playing against Elamite because I love beating Elamite. Uh, we'll play against yeah, put GB on the team just for comical sake. Um, I I want to get my stats up, so we got to put GB on the other team. He's free <laughs> kills. Um, Wonder Boy can play. Like Wonder Boy is pretty like. Better than I thought that Wonder Boy would be. He's solid. So let's put him in the match just to like, you know, keep the game. We don't want to three zero him too fast. Like, <laughs> we want to get our stats up on GB and like spawn kill, but we also like got to make sure that the game's not over in four minutes. I want to have some fun. And then, uh, do I put Gaskin? Yeah, I guess Gaskin's earned himself a spot there too. Yeah, he's a good guy. I'll let him play. So no Walshy anywhere. Oh, I thought I put Walsh and GB on there. Uh, man, you can give them five players. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we still gonna beat them. I love or, it. I, I love it. Give them six. You can give them Waddy, or she can coach them. But we're still beating them. <laughs> it's so amazing. I want this caster match back so badly. Um, all right, that fantastic. Thank you so much for answering that. That was amazing. Um, all right, so. Here's some just overall general esports questions for you before we get into our final rapid fire segment. So, okay, do you think all these professional Halo players that are moving on to COD, among other games, do you think they really have a chance of competing at the very top? I think if they come in with the right mindset, they really will. Um, someone specifically that uh, I went straight to in my head is Frosty. I think. I think we'll very easily see Frosty competing at the top of Call of Duty if he treats it uh, professional and he, he really wants it and he, he's willing to sacrifice a lot. Um, I have no doubt that Frosty can play at that level in Call of Duty. Um, I think anybody on that Splice roster is pretty gifted as well as far as like a first-person shooter, professional gamer attitude, mind. Um, it's going to be a grind and that's the biggest problem for them is that they're so naturally good at Halo now that maybe they've forgotten what it's like to have to grind because at, at some point we were all amateurs. At some point we were all bad at Halo and we didn't know what we knew and it does take time and it does take a lot of effort and will they be able to to fight through lows that they're going to see early on in their Call of Duty career. Um, it's a question that each one of them are going to have to figure out for themselves. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident that we've seen people like Formal and Able and, and others switch games and be pretty successful at it. So I I can't imagine um, with with the right amount of effort that they they end up not being where they want to be at the end of the day. All right, so not just talking about Call of Duty, but for the first time ever, let's talk about both Halo and COD at the same time in regards to that Splice roster. So do you think Splice has what it takes to compete at the top of both the HCS and Call of Duty World League, considering the same team will be playing in both leagues? I would have to say absolutely not. Are you asking me if they can do both at the same time? Yeah, because they they've went on uh, the the person who runs the Splice Twitter account went on to say that 
they will be competing in both games in the 2019 season. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, they're going to learn real quick that it takes too much time, and especially if they switch Halos or a new Halo were to come out, they would be forced to dedicate way too much time to Halo or Call of Duty. Um, they're going to have to make a decision at some point. Um, there's just too much on their plate. And it's already hard enough to be the best in the world at one thing. Like, There's not enough time. There's just not enough time in the day for, for them to, um, to balance both. And they may be able to stay relative in the Halo scene and be a top Call of Duty team, but they'll never win an event um, if their sole focus is Call of Duty. They're they're just going to get outworked. Like you, like you said earlier, the, you to, you have to keep practicing almost every day just to stay sharp. So Absolutely. If they're, if they're if they're focusing on two games, I I myself don't see how that would happen either. So we said the it last re- episode. The only reason they would be able to find success right now doing it is well, one they won't because they won't start Call of Duty off uh, at the top. Mm-hmm. But Halo Five's been out for three years, and they know so much about it already that they're kind of they would be able to float within like the top six right now without touching Halo. But sure. if if something were to change in game types and settings and Halo were to change and they were like still putting in zero effort, then they they would fall off very fast. I mean their individual gun skill would be fine, but they wouldn't have any idea what they were doing in the game. And as you said, gun skill doesn't mean everything. So and I said it the damn near the exact same thing last episode where they're going to get a fucking wake up call as soon as tournaments really start happening with Vegas right around the fucking corner for COD and the ACS finals as well. So I'll it's be, like, I'm rooting for those guys. Those, oh, of course. Some of those guys are my friends and, uh, and it, it really is something special to watch. Uh, hey, like enable and formal, um, do what they do in call of duty because, those are guys that I I do have a lot of experience with and that are my friends. Um, and I, I want nothing but for them to succeed, especially in other platforms, to give Halo good names. But uh, I don't see it being an easy transition. I do think that there will be months of struggle and figuring out how to play top-level Call of Duty, because I'm sure, just like Halo, that there are so many aspects that go into it and so many minor little little things that they have to make second nature, and that doesn't happen overnight. Right, and we, we wish them the best as well, obviously. We would love to see the first time ever where the same team is just absolutely dominant in two completely, I mean, realistically, completely different first-person shooters. So, I mean... I think Vegas will be the first true test if they really are grinding right now. We'll just have to wait and see. Absolutely. All right. And then, because you make Segway so easy, there's supposed to be an announcement for the future of Halo Esports before the HCS finals in Atlanta. So considering that the announcement has yet to happen, this means we have a little bit more time for speculation. Therefore, 
What do you want or expect the future of HCS to look like before the release of Infinite? So we we think that there's roughly two more seasons because Will and I think the game doesn't release until 2020. So take that with what you will. But what do you think the next Probably, season or two would, are going to be? I would assume late 2019. Um, I've been said that's way too large of a gap to have nothing, which is what you were hinting at. Um, yeah. Shoot. Uh, I I would love to. I don't know what I want. Halo three, like a Halo three tournament four v fours would be awesome. What will the turnout be? What will people's interest in watching the event and promoting the event be? Um, I don't know. Will Will there be a ton of teams competing in this Halo three tournament if it were to be announced? I don't know how much money's in it. Is it worth players playing for? Those are all questions that we'd have to have answered. Right. Would I would I be upset with another season of Halo Five? No, absolutely not. Um, I know it's kind of after three years a game gets old. Halo Three got old after three years um, of playing it professionally. I mean, it's it's just bound to happen. Um. I, I'm not sure. I, I definitely we need something, and I'm excited to figure out what they've come up with as far as um, where we're going. Um, I, I don't have any information. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to share. Yeah, if no, you did, they've, so they've, they've been they've they've been doing a good job of keeping it nip tuck because usually if something's floating around. I usually know about it pretty fast, and nothing's floating around, so we're going to find out. Um, I'm excited. I think we'll all easily all know by DreamHack. If if not before, definitely they'll say something at DreamHack. But that, there's definitely a year. I'm, I'm assuming there's probably about a year of uh, time before Halo Infinite, so there's there's going to be something there. And we're going to watch it regardless. Absolutely. So, yep. It's going to be great no matter what. Um, all right. Clutch, are you ready for some rapid fire questions to close this out? Sure. Let's shoot. All right. Favorite food? Pizza. Favorite movie? John Q. Favorite book? The Hobbit. Favorite musical artist or group? I'm thinking way too hard. Um, Eric okay. Church. All right. Uh, what is the soundtrack to your life? X gonna give it to you. Oh fuck yeah! That's yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, favorite actor or actress? Uh, Denzel Washington. Great answer. Favorite sport and team? Baltimore Ravens. I think we already knew that one. That was a stupid Football. question. Uh, I think I already know the answer to this one too. Favorite Halo game of all time? Halo Three. Favorite video game of all time? Halo Three. Best teammate. Nightbite. Worst teammate. Oh. Like playing wise or attitude wise? Fuck, it doesn't matter. Um. Yeah. Arcanum went to jail on me. I got to throw him under the bus. All right. <laughs> Best professional Halo player of all time. Nightbite. Worst professional Halo player of all time. Effie the Box. 
what are you up to and where can people find you, Clutch? Um, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, my ad on Twitter is at Wes underscore Clutch. My Instagram is Wes Price with two E's at the end of Price. And um, follow me, tweet me, ask me any questions. I'm usually pretty open. Let me know if you need anything. And uh, hopefully I'll be at Atlanta DreamHack. Come up to me, say hey. Um, we can talk Halo. Let me know how your team's doing. Hope you're all competing in it. Um, if not the Halo 5, then the Halo 3. Hell yeah. And obviously we'll include links to the Twitters and the Instagrams in our show notes, so you don't need to worry about that. Um, Clutch, Wes, thank you so much for taking your time to do this interview. We greatly appreciate it more than anything. Absolutely. I love uh, doing anything for the community. Just uh, helping produce any content whatsoever. I honestly need to do more myself. But yeah, any any opportunities that I'm ever uh, given, I like to take them and run with them. So I appreciate you guys having me. Hey, not a problem at all. Uh, listeners of the show, we hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, now back to your reg- regularly scheduled episode of HCS Pro Talk. And ladies and gentlemen, that does it for the Wes Clutch Price interview. Will, what'd you think? I I had a... By, first off, thank you, Clutch, for doing that. It was amazing to have you on. Really appreciated. Um, one thing I noticed between him and Onset, they're both like just highly driven guys. They all, both want to be the best. They're both have this high work ethic to be the best and keep going. I want to be the very best. Do, do, do. Like no one ever was. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Get a little Pokemon in there, Will. Oh, man. You went there. Um, I had a Fast and the Furious reference in the fucking interview, all right? I'm going to put Pokemon in there, too. Why not? But, yeah, no, it's... um. It kind of gets me a little motivated. You know, if you want something, you just got to go get it and you got to work hard for it. And not, you know, nothing's going to stop you if you really want it. You have, but the thing is, is you have to want it too. Hell yeah. So I, I don't know. I think both those guys were extremely motivational to me, at least. I've came to a definitive conclusion. What's that? Whenever we have a caster as an interviewer, we are 100% asking them that caster match. Oh, I love it. Every time. I, I love hearing their responses. It's so, it's so great. It was incredible. We, I loved, oh my God. Oh, but yes, Clutch was amazing. He was. I say. He was. Uh, did the Ravens win? I didn't check. I didn't check either. Vikings did. I was happy about it. That was a little scary there. But you know, the Jets did what the Jets did and they lost. So <laughs> that's that fucking Browns almost won. Oh no! Did they lose twenty four to twenty three against the Saints? Such a close game. Hey, we did talk about how that game's going to be hard. Yes, and it, you know what? We go up against them this Sunday, so don't even worry about it, Clutch. Don't even worry about it. We're right there with you. Joe Flacco twenty three for thirty nine for two hundred seventy nine yards and two TDs. Holy shit! Wow, he's not done yet. That's for damn sure. I don't know who Lamar Jackson is, but he was one for one for five yards for the for the Ravens. Good for him. So there you go. He got his five yards. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's 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 a tough loss against both teams. I mean, the Ravens are four and three, so they're sitting right above five hundred. Yep, we're right there too. We're yep. Saints four, are five and, and one. one. Yeah, four two and one with the one tie. Yep, against the fucking Packers. Grr. Yeah, the Saints are five and one, and they're coming to Minnesota. So we'll see how that plays out. Minneapolis Miracle Times too. Yeah. I doubt it. I have a feeling this is the game we lose. Someone posted on Twitter to the Saints. It was like from a um like, oh no. like a fake Minnesota Vikings one. God damn it. But it was like name a better trio. Diggs, sideline, touchdown. <laughs> it was great. I have one but I have a better Oh no, what is it? <laughs> Sean Payton, U.S. Bank Stadium, skull chant. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. He ate his fucking words that day, he though. Did. Oh, man, that was he insane. Did. But yeah, we're we're, getting, we're doing what we normally do. Get off topic on the show. Clutch, like Will stated before, thank you so much. It was an honor having you on the show. Um, We can't wait for people to hear it, and we hope they enjoyed as much as we love conducting it. And yeah, we hope you, well, we don't hope. We know you're going to kill it at Atlanta you're going to be just fine and as I stated multiple times throughout the interview I love what he what you clutch bring to the table in regards to uh, the analysis and the casting I think we need more of that and it's such a shame that we've gotten it so late in a competitive Halo 5's life cycle but here's hoping with Infinite you're back on the stage and telling it how it is it's great. Will, anything else you want to talk about for this interview before we move on to close out the show, Will? Listeners, if you stuck around, we're close to hitting the three-hour mark by this point, so thank you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Will smiling like, fuck, man. It's okay, because, so I texted you. I already asked in Discord, okay? Yeah. We're two for two right now. We're two on splitting. We're two on making it more. Okay. So we're going to leave the question to you guys, to our listeners, the ones that actually listen to this show. Will and I were talking about it. Honestly, I'm fine either way. When we have interviews, because the normal show we wouldn't do this for, right? We just keep it the way it is. Sure. There'd be no sense in cutting it, right? I'm cutting what? Like the, the normal show. In like half or whatever. Right. It would just be for interviews. Right. Right. Right? Right. And I think <laughs> I have an idea moving forward. So this might be nonsense by then, but at least we can see where you guys stand. Do you want to bring your idea to the table now and then me say what the no, question is going to just be? just ask your question. You sure? This needs to be a behind the scenes talk. Well, fuck. All right. So we want to know from you, the listeners of the show... When we conduct interviews, and then pending what Will fucking says after this recording's over, when we do interviews for the show, would you like us to cut them out of the normal show and post them as separate episodes? And then we have our normal show as well, so it'd realistically be like two episodes in that week? Or would you like it all in one? That's the question. We'll leave it to you guys. Like I said, so far in the Discord, it's two for longer episodes, two for cutting it uh, for the interview to be put out as a separate episode. Fine with either one. I don't give a shit because we just want to know great. what you guys like. Yeah, we want to know what you guys like. What you want in the show? 
Josh Will. getting hyped over here. <laughs> I'm getting stoked. Gotta keep it rolling. Will, it's time for some shout-outs. We talked about him earlier. It's time to give him a little birthday shout-out. Happy birthday to Tom D. Square Taylor! Hashtag free T2. <laughs> Some days I just can't with you, man. You're just <laughs> over the top today. You are over the top today. I gotta, gotta bring the pizzazz. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we just got done with that clutch interview earlier in the week. I mean, we're posting it now, but I mean, we gotta act like we just got done with the interview. Woo! All right. Next shout out. Shout out to Muggsy for keeping the HCS content pumping. For the official HCS Twitter account. Time to see what you do in the off-season, broski. No, you're doing great work. Keep it up. Will, would you mind doing me a solid? Talk about some community creations. As always, <laughs> go check out Me Monday on Reddit. It's like it's like a staple now. We have to have it every week. We should just have a meme Monday segment. <laughs> we should, I'm just fucking kidding. Um, we also have is it flop lek duelage? It says edited by Wings. I I uh, it's a YouTube video. Josh pulled pulled it in. Do you want to talk about this, Josh? Yeah, it's a montage. Well, it's a dueltage. So two people ah. in one montage of floppy and Kolek. Oh, nice. And it's awesome. And you should definitely check it out. It's radical, dude. And then if you want more community creations, you should check out the official community creations from 343 mentioned earlier in the show. That link will be provided in the Google Doc with the show notes. Josh is dancing over here, but you can't see that because we're a podcast. (laughs) We're an audio podcast. He's getting some Ric Flair's in there. Yes, he is. Woo! All right. All right. (laughs) Is, is that it for community creations, That's Will? That's all we got. Will! Comes that time where we at the end of the show and you do something in this in this time. Yeah. Where I stall for just a little bit longer. Keep the people on the edge of their seats. What's Josh going to say? What is he going to ask Will to do? Well, guess what, Will? I'll tell you. It's plug the show. You can find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HCS Pro Talk. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Leave us a review and let others know about the show. Join our Discord and join the community discussion. We have a lot of great talk in there. A few different text channels. There's an IRL, looking for group. Whatever you may be interested in, we're there to chat. I don't check it enough, and I know that's my bad. I need to be in there more. But Josh is very... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Active in the discords. Just tag Will. Yeah, just tag He'll me. respond. Then I'll, uh, then I'll see it. After I tell him <laughs> to, to respond. We do have our Xbox club for future community playdates. This is how we were able to get invites and game invites out. Josh perked up when I said community playdate. Holy fucking shit, I forgot about this. So, podcast evolved. Yes. One of the Halo lore podcasts. They've reached out to us and asked if we'd be interested in doing like a combined community play date. Yeah. But not only that, like what we were talking about and like what the listeners want, a scheduled community play date. One that happens more frequently if we're able to. 
And I said, definitely down. We just need to find a time that works. That's the tough part. Yeah. Finding time is always tough, especially in busy lives, whatnot. But that's why we kind of schedule them when we can here. Yep. But um, if we want to start talking about it, get, getting that going, definitely that's something that might happen in the future. Hell yeah. So there we go. Join the Xbox Club for more information. Join Discord for more information on that. We have our Spartan company. If you haven't joined it already, do it. Because we're never going to get Achilles. And if you haven't gotten Achilles in your other ex- in your other Spartan company, you might as well not get it in ours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know how you're not having success in that other thing? Come not have success in ours. It's way better. Why not? <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch on those social media sites. Search for HCS Pro Talk for all your HCS Pro Talk needs. <laughs> Josh, what do we got on the next episode? We're going to discuss the future of Halo Esports with our fantastic and wonderful and loving and actually motherfucking respectful community. That's what we're going to do next week, Will. All right. It's going to be a good time. Can't wait to see you. It's going to be great. Is that a fucking flashlight pen? It just lights up. The logo? The logo, yeah. That's dope as fuck. And I love how that's what we fucking end this episode on is a goddamn light up pen. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for episode 43 of HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. We want to thank you very much for listening to the show. We love you and we'll see you next week where we talk about other (laughs) Halo Esports stuff. It's going to be great. And like we said, hold on, Will, don't you dare fucking stop the recording. I have one more thing to say. Like we said at the very beginning when we started talking about this, uh, the future of Halo Esports. Serious note, we're not going anywhere, okay? This was built with the community in mind. We're going to keep this going for as long as we possibly can. We're going to have stuff to talk about, and we can't wait to ride this wave with you guys. But until the next episode, bye bye